Rise TV. In a world full of broken people, myself included, I just couldn't understand why. Why after I did everything right was I still fucking miserable? Why after I graduated high school, secured the comfy job, graduated college, moved to the big city, made a six-figure income, bought a nice new house, why after all of that was I still fucking miserable? I did everything society asked of me and I still wasn't happy. <laughs> and then I realized this is what society wanted from me. Society wanted me to conform. Society wanted me to trade hours of my life, my stress, my creativity, my heart, and what felt like my fucking soul. I had to trade all of that for money, for security, for more bills. I had to trade all of that for a lifestyle that my body and mind refused to keep up with. It's almost as if the hustle is celebrated in our culture. We are admired and appreciated by our ability to constantly give ourselves away. <laughs> Fuck that. And there's a thing called the bite model, which stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotion. And he said all cults control these, these areas, and here's how they do it. So he was describing the Moonies and other cults. If he had described Scientology at the beginning of that book, I would have shut it because my programming would kick in. Because I knew Scientology wasn't a cult. I was just reading the book as a joke, you know, because I was bored. The books were sitting there. I was going to report this guy in the morning anyway. So why don't I just crack it open late at night? It was the fact that he could show me that what the Moon cult was doing was exactly what Hubbard was doing. So all cults are run by narcissists. Another word would be a sociopath or a psychopath, a consciousless person, which is a special kind of person. It's not most people. Grand rising to all, and welcome to another live Rise TV. I hope everybody's doing great out there. We are excited to have another show with you guys, and we have an excellent guest on with us today. We're looking forward to talking about Scientology and many other cults out there and how they do it. Uh, this guy escaped. Uh, <laughs> he, he grew up in it as a kid and had to make his way out, which was a monumental task. So we're really looking forward to having Doug Scott Kramer on in just a moment we are here as rise tv to unlock those i3 superpowers what is i3 imagination inspiration intuition to go interstellar to have that inside explosion living life from the inside out right not from the external right the external forces bringing you like the path that you should go on no the internal the 
who you really truly are and where you want to go with your passions in life. We are also here to for a positive media, enlightened media, right? Something that's going to raise your vibrational levels, raise your your, your thinking levels, and uh, really uh, help you through life, uh, hopefully. All right, everybody. I am Greg Schumacher, your visionary, your MC for the day. We also have my wife, the queen of dreams, the natural nurse, the Zen LPN. That would be Victoria. How are you, Victoria? I'm good. Happy Sunday fun day, guys. Yeah. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. And uh, we also have the traveling motivational speaker, teacher, manifestation, cosmic human design coach. That would be, light him up, Mr. Kenyon. That would be Jaron Kenyon. How are you, Jaron? <laughs> Doing well. Welcome all family of light to another Sunday, another rise, another moment together. So let's all take a breath, let everything else go, become centered in the field, heart to mind. Open mind, positive plans, positive intentions. Let's all learn something. Let's all become inspired. Let's all go forward in our life from the inside out, like Greg said. As a family, we all have a collective uh, resonance together. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We all have our own unique yet combined vision and mission for the new earth. And we're appreciative of you being here with us and all that you do. And I look forward to today a lot. I've been really interested about this show for several weeks now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we do have live chat boards. So Victoria's over there. If you want to help uh, contribute to the show with some comments, some um, questions, let us know. Maybe we'll get some on the air for you. All right. Let me give you a, a short intro on Doug. We'll get a little bit longer one uh, later. Doug Scott Kramer, uh, his channel on YouTube takes the viewer on a very personal and intimate journey of what it was like being raised in the Scientology cult. From his father's first becoming indoctrinated into, uh, into it when he was a child to his own decade-long career as a card-carrying Manchurian candidate of Scientologists. Remember, you're, you're also selling it when you're in those things. You're selling it like it's, you know, a, you're a car salesman. You're like, you know, come on in. Yeah, uh, like you know, Witnesses. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, through his sub, uh, subsequent wake up, sorry, escape <laughs> and ongoing healing process. Uh, you know, that, that again, we think about, you know, the healing that has to go on and the constant things that you're, you know, automatically thinking and you're That's like, true. whoa, 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 I can't yeah. be thinking this kind of stuff. So pretty interesting stuff there. So you can go check out his YouTube, youtube.com slash at DBNC and uh, dazed but not confused is that what that's what stands for right there uh he also was in hollywood for a while acting as well so he's got a lot of background here and we're really looking forward to it. so let's bring in doug scott kramer right now oh yeah he's yeah. coming in i forgot i put a little rise tv there look at that did something a little different <laughs> there we go welcome to the show doug how Good are morning. you how you we doing Oh man, you, you guys can hear me okay, or am I not, am yes. on a delay? Yep, we can hear you. Yeah, we're good. Okay, good morning. Good morning, morning. Doug. Thank you so, for being here. welcome to Rise TV. We're really excited to to hear from you and all of your journey. Um, you know, when we're talking about being part of a cult, right? And I know when I was uh, in my twenties, I worked for a community center over here in Niskayuna, New York, and there was a lot of weird things going on. There was a lot of people that were a part of this one group. And I was like, I don't understand this. But then my friend got involved in it. And he was 
starting to kind of fall apart. And I was like, what is going on with you? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I, I, I had to play volleyball in the middle of the night last night. I said, what do you mean you had to? Oh, no, they, they made me go in there. We play 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning. We play volleyball. And if I don't go, I'm in trouble. And I said, what the hell is going on, man? It was the weirdest thing. And they started to try to recruit me as well. And I just wasn't interested. But um, at that point, you know, I'm in my 20s. I couldn't imagine if I was younger, it may have worked. But that ended up being the uh, Nexium cult. I was just so, going to say that. Yeah. So that was really interesting, uh, which Allison Mack was involved in, which mm -hmm. she was a star on the... Uh, the, the, the series of WB uh, with Superman there, Smallville. So pretty interesting stuff that I was so close to one of those. And I was, wow. I was you know, basically socializing with a lot of these people on a daily basis because they were all kind of recruiting from this community center, especially. So I was like, wow. So pretty interesting stuff. I had that close of a, of a friend that got involved in it. And I actually had to really push him to get out but it wasn't just me, but it was a lot of me saying, listen, man, you're not doing good. You're, you're looking sickly. You're not like getting sleep. You got to be careful here. And uh, eventually he, he worked his way back out of it, but Excellent. it was close. So yeah, yeah. Doug, uh, you know, when we talk about Scientology, we automatically think about Hollywood. We think about, you know, Leah Remy who, who made her way out, but her family's still involved in it. She has her talk shows on it uh, and talks about it all the time. And, and Tom Cruise, of course, and John Travolta, we hear about these names especially, but how big is Scientology and how many arms does it reach out to around the world here? That's a good question. You know, it only has 25,000 members, give or take, and that includes the public and what they call the Sea Org members. These are the people that sign metaphoric and kind of literal billion-year contracts. We can get into that later because I know that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but 5 to 10% work for the Sea Org and or staff. The rest are public members, like you just described, with getting roped in via the community center and playing some freaking volleyball mm -hmm. with uh, Keith Ranieri or whatever. Yep. Well, you probably have to go through the levels before you meet Keith, right? Probably. But, um, you have to see how much they can abuse you before you get in. <laughs> and just Exactly, to fill you out, to see yeah. uh, what your vulnerabilities are, to bring you in slowly, because as you guys know, cults work um, through a drip feed method of indoctrination. They don't hit you with the crazy shit at the beginning. It's just, hey, come out and play some volleyball, man. Sounds yeah. like fun, right? Friendly. At 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, at 2 in the morning, why not? I mean, I could, I would, that would probably appeal to me, right place, right time, because it sounds adventurous, right? And who yep. are these freaks that are playing volleyball at two, uh, 2 in the morning? So why not check it out? But that would be step one, right? Mm -hmm. But they only have 25,000 members, give or take. That's it? But their influence, yeah, but their influence, you would think they would have millions because right. they have... Well, in the LAPD, they've managed to do what they call safe pointing in Scientology, which is to get... Um, the police in their pocket out here uh, in Los Angeles, and they get into governments. They have um, they have an infamous spot on their record for infiltrating the um, 100 plus government agencies in an operation that was called Operation Snow White, where like 10 or 11 of their wow. top officials um, ended up getting prison sentence, including uh, L. Ron Hubbard's wife. But nonetheless, there they are, and they, um, they have an incredible influence all over the world with just uh, a fraction of their members, not least because they're really good at brainwashing people. They're really good at sending people out to do um, activities. They only take the able. They said they want to make the able more able. 
that's a translation for if you don't have any money or power or influence, uh, we'll just have you sign the billion-year contract and be a staff member so you can be a slave for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But they do try to get influential people so they can use their ties to safe point government officials, police departments, etc. So they have an incredible influence. Yeah, it's amazing there. And uh, it sounds like a lot of the uh, people that joined that were a little bit richer, they certainly spent a lot of money to move up in levels in that, right? It was thousands and thousands of dollars to move up. Hundreds of thousands and even millions. It's not, if you really want to go up, what they have is a thing called the bridge to total freedom. At the beginning, it's 50 bucks or 100 bucks. And then it goes up to a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred if you want to do their next step, which is called the purification rundown, which is a pseudo, very dangerous drug rehabilitation program. Then it gets into thousands and thousands of dollars when you want to do the auditing. That's their version of psychotherapy where they put you on these soup cans and they ask you various questions while you're in a hypnotic trance and basically implant false memories while you think you're going spiritually free. And then by the time you get up to the top of that bridge, which is called OT8, to translate that real quick so we don't get lost in the nomenclature, that means operating Thetan, level eight. A Thetan is a spiritual being. It's who you are. You're not your mind, your body, your thoughts, which is an attractive idea. That's kind of why I got into it. You are the spirit, the consciousness uh, occupying the vessel. So by the time you get up to OT8, with all the various donations and ethics checks and all sorts of things you have to do to prove that you're a dedicated Scientologist, you're looking at a minimum of a million dollars. Wow. Jeez. That's amazing. Wow. It's amazing that they could build such a program. I mean, the guy who built it, you know, obviously he... He had a wild imagination and he knew how to bring people in and get them to pay for this type of stuff because it yeah. just seems from the outside looking in, you're like, I wouldn't do I that. But I as know, you man. start I moving know. in, as the community around you says, what are you doing? You got to move up. You start going, all right, I'll find a way. And uh, it happens. It's, it's just amazing. So, you know, yeah. when we talk about this kind of stuff, um, I know you got into it as a child, right? So your father was the first one who kind of brought the family in. So give us a little background on how your father got, you know, pulled into something like this. Sure. He just um, innocently went down to work one day as my father, and he came back a different man spouting Mm. um, kind of Scientology jargon. The, The brief story is he went down to work one day. I was between eight and 10 years old, somewhere around there. And in the bottom corner of a newspaper, while he just cracked open the newspaper in the morning, it said Dianetics. Mm -hmm. And it said something along the lines of learn how to communicate better. Are you having communication problems? Um, Handle it. Dianetics, page 104. Are you having relationship problems? Dianetics, page 104, whatever, right? So his big um, button, as they call it in the cult, his vulnerability, is he couldn't really communicate very well with me, the family, or... He's an introvert. He was kind of a shy guy. And he had a lot of bottled up anger. So, and he was kind of a drinker. I wouldn't say he was an alcoholic, but, you know, he'd come home at night and take his frustrations out on the bottle or whatever. He wasn't abusive physically. Um, he was intimidating. He never had to lay a hand on me or anything. He just, it was his demeanor that was kind of terrifying. Yeah. So that was his, his uh, what they call ruin in Scientology. So he went down that appealed to him because he wanted to know how to communicate better. And by the way, Dianetics is often, uh, that is Scientology, but it's hidden 
they often use Dianetics instead of the word Scientology to rope people in because it has such a terrible name, uh, public relations-wise. So he didn't know it was Scientology. Nothing on the building that he went into that day said Scientology. Um, it was sort of in the front of the building, and you kind of go in through the back. So he went down that day. I don't know what happened exactly, but I know he was down there all day and all night. And since I went through the process that he went through, I can take a guess that he was signed up for a communication course. Well, what they, what they do first, real quick, is what they would have done with my dad is they have him fill out a personality test. This is 200 questions yep. that get inside your head, and they're very unusual questions. Mm -hmm. And after that, you do a pseudo, a fake IQ test, and then they bring you into this room, and the person that's going to interrogate you stands, sits between you and the door, so you can't get out, because they know they're going to do what they call re-stimulate you, meaning they're going to ask you personal questions based on the graph that comes back, based on the questions that you answered, and then they're going to try to press your buttons. They're going to try to get in there and get you to open up. As you guys, I'm sure, know, once you open up and tell a predator your secrets, they then have a leeway and leverage against you. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened in the room with my father that day, and they have expert registrars those are the people who sell um i know the the gentleman that he would have seen was a guy named jim hamry who became my person once i signed up and he's very very good at selling mm. uh and just very seems like a really nice guy that you want to open up to so my dad opens up he buys the communication course and starts that day that induced the hypnotic trance that he kind of came back with that night and they also wanted to sell him a package for about ten thousand dollars that, I won't bore you with wow. the nomenclature, but that has to do with a little bit of the intro auditing that we were talking about, where you get on the soup cans and you, you um, do a version of psychotherapy. So he came back late that night and he said to my mom, I need to borrow $10,000 from my brother because we didn't have a lot of money at the time to do this strange new thing called Scientology. <laughs> so my mom fucking freaked out. I did too. I could see the glazed look in his eye. He was different, man. He was talking different in day one. He had a glazed 200,000-yard stare, 1,000-yard stare, whatever they call it. Um, and he just wasn't, wasn't speaking very rationally. So my mom and my dad argued for that for a couple, over a couple months. They were contemplating a divorce. Such was the necessity of him wanting to do it. I didn't know what my parents were arguing about for months on him when I'd hear him talking about this strange word called Scientology. And eventually he conned her to go down and check it out herself. And she went through the same process because the proposition from him was before we get a divorce and you say, this is such a negative thing. Why don't you go check it out for yourself? What do you just make your decisions on random rumors or you don't even know what the hell it is. Would you please go check it out before we get a divorce? So there you go. That's how, that's how she got roped in. And then they would double team me and work on uh, me, wow. but it took me a while to take to it. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's, quite a journey there um yeah and you know i've seen the uh the the south park episode where they did a scientology yeah. which was pretty pretty fun and i saw a guy who right. also said he was part of scientology who said that was pretty accurate uh there were some things that weren't quite so accurate he said some things that they don't bring to you till later later on but he said that it's pretty accurate how they rope you into a questionnaire and those type of things and they get you talking and they get your secrets out right and then you start to 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 be brainwashed um is there any type of drug used or anything they just are able to do it just by talking to you huh 
hypnosis. What, what Scientology is, the big secret is hypnosis. Mm. That's what it is. So when my dad came, when I'll give you an example. Like one of those drills that you do on that communication course is you sit across from another person an uncomfortable distance and you just stare at him for hours on end. You can blink and you can, but you can't move. Like you literally have to just sit here like this and stare into the other person's eyes until you have what they call a win. That means something has to happen. You don't pass any of these drills or any of these courses unless you get blown out of your mind. And the reason you get blown out of your mind or you can have revelations is because when you stare into someone's eyes for uh, 30 minutes, an hour passes, an hour, you, the, the, the way they con you into this is they say, everything in Scientology is hypnosis called something else. So what they say is by learning how to be here comfortably and confront the other person, because how many times do you talk to people in life and you turn away, you're kind of shy, mm -hmm. you know, they have these kind of powerful drills, or at least they seem like it, where once you overcome being able to stare at somebody for X amount of time, when I did this, I did feel confident. And also I did it with my sister when I was younger. So she would shape shift into all these different creatures. You know, you start to hallucinate, you start to lose it, your butts on fire, you move. And then finally, you just go into an altered state of consciousness and you pass the freaking thing. And uh, it's very bizarre what actually happens. But like I said, to put it in terminology, you know, psych psychology terminology, you're disso dissociating. So you kind of go into a, what you would go into in meditation mode or maybe something that's safer or maybe you um, do drugs or whatever. You go out there or whatever. It's kind of like that. So they don't have to use drugs, my man. It's, it, when you are under hypnosis... You can have all sorts of revelations that you might have by, you know, doing DMT or something. I don't yeah. know. It's the equivalent of an acid trip sometimes, some of these experiences. Wow. That's, it's amazing. And it's probably to a mathematical formula how to break you, you down. Yeah. You got um, it, man. I have Go a ahead. question. Do you have any siblings or relatives that are still in the cult? Good, good question. My sister never really got totally roped in because I was the black sheep of the family, meaning I had the most problems. So they had to work on me the most, i.e. I need the most Scientology. My sister was bu busy with gymnastics. She was a head cheerleader and she had such a life and was so able that she didn't really need as much Scientology. So she did do a decent amount of auditing. Like I said, we did that communication course as children and stuff, but she sensed kind of, the thing is I had to break away from my family. And she kind of stayed. So she did X amount of Scientology to keep the family satisfied. My dad and my mom and her kids yeah. also got into it. Wow. Um, but I left years ago. I haven't seen my sister in at least a decade. Wow. And um, I don't know if she's still in it or not. I do have an update on that, because, but we, we can get into that later because I don't want to get too complicated because my dad recently passed and me and my mom Sorry. finally actually started talking for the first time in like a decade. So. A lot yeah. has happened recently, but no, I don't, my sister never totally got into it. But what she did was my parents would say that they never pushed it on me and it's my own decision. That's what Scientologists always say, but they do manipulate you. And, and it, it was kind of like not, I really wanted my parents love. And if I was to become a Scientologist that let's just say they would change their demeanor towards me. Um, I didn't get into it consciously to get their love unconsciously. That was definitely a part of it. So um, my sister became a Mormon and tried to escape through um, moving to New Mexico and kind of get away from the family. I think that was her subconscious escape. They kind of broke up the marriage and got her to come back and get away from this uh, Mormon. This guy was a complete psychopath, by the way, oh. that she was married to. So that was a good thing. But they brought her back to California and 
the semi-indoctrination, especially with their kids, continued on. And that's the last that I knew about my sister. I reached out when I was getting out and I had a, was breaking down. And she kind of couldn't handle the stuff I was dumping on her. And that was the last time I talked to her when I went to her for help. And that had to be way well over a decade ago. Wow. Amazing stuff. Well, appreciate uh, you answering that question. And, uh, sure, man. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's okay. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Um, so I, I guess before we get to the intros, I wanted to ask you this question. So for like a Tom Cruise, this thing really works well for him because he's kind of treated like a king in this thing. So is, is some people very happy in this cult and That's they're very question. satisfied? That's such a good question. Well, you know how your intro kind of talked about you grow up in this world and you're told that you need to get a job and have 2.5 kids and you chase success. The same thing I was doing. That's why I wanted to be an actor. You know, we want, we want to be famous. We want to be well-known. We want to be liked. And there's a sort of a blueprint that you kind of follow in this world. Until you step out of that or have a breakdown out of that, it would seem like there's no problem. I kind of compare Scientology to a microcosm and the macrocosm. It's the same thing. So as long as you're in and of it, if you're in it, you can't see that there's anything wrong. So Tom Cruise would legitimately, and I know how he feels, be going, this is just a bunch of negative press. These guys are completely full of crap because it works for me. And he absolutely believes that. I don't know how to explain that, but it's just like being in an alternate world. And as long as you don't step outside of it, everything makes sense in that trance logic. But when you wake up out of the spell, like literally, for me, it happened in a day. So it was like coming out of a hypnotic trance. And then I could suddenly see clearly. Um, well, there was a lot of PTSD and it took about a decade to really see clearly. But I knew that Harvard was a liar and my life had been a lie for, for my whole life in a single day. So from that perspective, you're outside of Scientology. And then you can deep dive on the hypnosis and all the tactics that they use to make you believe. But when you're in it, it is long, it's like placebo effect. If you believe in it, it seems like it absolutely can help you. I'm not sure if that really answers the question. I can maybe try to take a better crack at it. But it's kind of like it, Tom Cruise freaking believes in it. And until he gets out of it, and that would require something really personally damaging to him, or it would, be, it would, need, to be, it would need to affect him personally, then he will absolutely not understand why Leah Remini and all these mm -hmm. people are after him, why anybody talks negatively about Scientology. I didn't understand it when I was in it. You know, a few people would kind of drop hints here and there, but I fucking loved it, man. Yeah. There, was nothing, there was nothing wrong with it inside. Not only nothing wrong with it, but everybody else needed to get into it too. Yeah. It's frightening to say this, man, but it's just the way that it was. No, absolutely. I understand. And yeah. uh, when I've listened to Leah talk about uh, Scientology, she said she was a really good person and student inside of that. She followed all the rules. She actually really enjoyed it. And that when what happened was people were breaking the rules and getting away with it. And she was getting really mad about that. Me too. She was seeing Tom Cruise like, what is going on? He can't do that. This is what was happening. That's what broke her out of it. And she started to see like, wait a minute. There's different rules for different people on this thing. So pretty interesting. Um, it seems that way with most religions, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. I, that's a great point you make, though. I didn't realize I was an in ethics, you know, perfect Scientologist. Yeah. I really tried. And just hanging out with, I kind of ran with Danny Masterson, not, not specifically Danny Masterson, who uh, is now in prison for, uh, I don't know, what we, can we say anything on here? Like, do we have to be careful? Yeah, you can, no, you can say anything. No, you good. can say anything. Okay. <laughs> Sexual assault. Um, he, yeah. You know, he was a vicious uh, rapist. 
So he's in prison now, but that was kind of the crew that I ran with, you know, little B and C level actors that were, uh, Jordan and Alana, his kids, his, um, his, uh, brothers, his half brothers and half sisters and stuff. All these people were in my acting class mm. and they, um, they would not follow the rules as much as I was. And, and it, it, I just thought that they weren't applying Scientology correctly or they were a little lackadaisical because of, you know, they were famous people and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it took me only when I got out did I realize that there's different levels of different. Um, you don't have to apply it at this level. And it's all it's all basically based on how much money you have. And you can get away with stuff if you're a celebrity and if you have a lot of money or whatever. But when I was in it, I. I had a few little red flags, but mostly I thought everybody has to follow the policies of L. Ron Hubbard exactly, but they, they don't, you know? I could definitely see why Leah, you know, that was one of her triggers on her waking up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a very interesting um, thing because it, it mirrors society in some ways, and that's, yes, what I, it does. that's what I love to learn about cults for because you look at our own society and who gets away with things. It's people with yeah. money, and they get different rules for different people and who you exactly. know. So it's, it's leveled like that as well, not quite as intense, but it certainly is in that realm. So pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, Jaren, before we get to the intros, did you have anything that you wanted to add or any experiences with cults there? I'm just remembering I used to live out in uh, Santa Monica, Brentwood area for several years. And back in like 2007, 8, 9, 10, I remember hearing about it rather often, Scientology, and mm. seeing people talk about it. And I even drove by some buildings that would have the name on it and things. And I always got this gut sensation. At the time, I wasn't quite into it as much as I am now to be aware, but it was kind of like, what is going on here? And then I would, you know, so it's just, it's just triggering memories because that's, that's the last I remember of that. But it does make me think on a grand scale of, you know, how easily it is to program someone. See, if we don't say no, the inner no to some information and we're even subtly neutral to it, it begins to do its work. Like David Icke, right? Inf information controls perception, controls yep. behavior. And yep. once it gets going, then you're on that path and you can just yep. imagine of how easy it is. See, we, we, and we're sitting here talking about it in regards to this specific, but this translates to so many things in life. Your family, your race, religion, the local area, schooling, politics, on and on and on, to where the collective ego, which is something I speak of often on this show, the show, which we could call the matrix, it itself, and its institutions, right? The collective ego and its institutions want to direct us into herd mentality and a certain yeah. agenda to be sheep and not to be individual. That's the key. And that's what this ascension is about. It's stripping all the layers away of all these things that are not really us so that we can live our individual imprint. And that's unity, unity through diversity. See, they don't want that. The collective ego and its institutions does not want diversity. It wants you to follow a program and yes, we're, we're seeing this in this intently programmed way, but just all of us contemplate on all the thoughts and ideas and beliefs and identities that we have in regards to our life that come from the programming that came from outside of us, you know, that are not ours. So we can start to look at things objectively, which is a challenge for human beings to look at things objectively. And that's the point of meditation and contemplation and self-reflection so that you can look at things and say, wait a minute, this isn't exactly what I want to be following anymore. Why am I living this program? And consciousness can then take over, alter the program. You always have that free will 
and start to kind of traject and direct your own path again. But I just, I just think of how many we're all going through to strip away, to be our unique selves, which is on an adventure and is really truly to live authentically um, an individual like no one else. And we need to remember that now so that we can actually be free because that's the only way that the cosmos, the true quantum field, uh, actually can support us. That's the only way the cosmos can really bring us to our dreams is by being authentic as opposed to the ego program, which gets you, you know, uh, gains here and there and safety and prestige here and there, but gradually more and more captures you into where you're a slave and you don't even know it. And you're living out someone else's destiny instead of your own. That's really well said, man. That's exactly what I try to I got out of two cults when I got out of Scientology. That's why I try to... It's funny when people go, I'd never fall for that, not realizing that the world itself is a cult. It's exactly the same thing. It's just lesser. I would say that Scientology is a hell of a lot more intense. You could call soft mind control, you know? What we pop out of the womb, you know, we, get, we go through the brainwashing or education machine. And every element of society with the TV and everything, it's all basically designed to keep you in line. Mm -hmm. So since I wasn't integrated into the normal world... One of the benefits I did get out of growing up in an alternate reality like Scientology is that when I got out and I started to learn about the programming, it was so obvious within about two years that the world itself was structured the same way. Mm -hmm. And you're hit from every angle to stay in that matrix, like you said. So the one thing I hear the most is on the comments and stuff from the videos is they find it fascinating. And I do, too, because I love kind of I'm still deprogramming. I find the whole thing fascinating. But they say, you know, they look at Scientology, ex-Scientology like a spectator sport sometime where, geez, that would never happen to me. Or this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Thank God that it didn't happen to me. It happened to you the day you were born, my friends. So, you know, everybody yeah. has, the, has, the, uh, has the challenge, I would say, to do exactly what you just said. But how do you even, you know, I think about this a lot. Do you think that can be done? Because, you know, uh, according to, I forget what it is. It's the Milgram experiment or one of these experiments they did. But they said that 70% of the people are going to follow the group. They're going to follow the leader. It's not their natural inclination to break away from the group or go on like the individuation process, right? So do we even have, I know it's, it's within our capability, but how on earth do we, do we go get to the people that just go along to get along and never going to get to stage one of what you just described? Like, is that even possible? <laughs> Well, that's a big question, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I know, man, but that's why that's don't tell me you haven't asked. Oh, yourself, absolutely. Right? And yeah. we, we frequently talk about this world right now and and how many people are just non player characters, just just yeah, zombies, NPCs. right? They yeah, just go through the motions over and over and over, never think a thought about themselves or individually have an actual thought that's like a spark that they've actually true. talked to them true self for once. So there's a lot of that going on. And then there's a lot of us out here who are kind of raising up here in the world as the cream of the crop and saying, hey, look at what we can do and who we can be. And, and yeah. you know, think about, you know, where you live your life from, right? Passion. Find yourself, you know, in your, your own unique passions. Uh, unlock those abilities that they tell you to keep locked away because, oh, my God, God forbid you're different than the crowd. Right. You know, that's that's what they try to do to you. And, and as you said, like through TV, through uh, Internet, through your phone, through uh, friends and family, it's all indoctrination, school systems, jobs, right? They're all indoctrinations to keep yep. you in your lane. Don't get outside yep. that lane, right? So it's very interesting and it's very 
much uh, has has a lot of shelving like a cult <laughs> for exactly. sure compartmentalized shelving and it's very effective just like what l ron hubbard did to us in scientology yeah. or keith yeah. ranieri was doing to his people it really yeah. is the, is the same thing i mean if anybody doesn't think the governments haven't sussed you know scientology and these cults and don't use those same techniques of people they're living in a freaking fantasy world man <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's get back to this fascinating conversation in just a moment. I'm going to get to our intros quickly, and then we'll let you know where you can find Doug in all his wonderful places on social media and so on and so forth. All right, Rise TV is a barrier-breaking variety show about business and self-development and human evolution with long-form conversation hosted by visionaries, educators, entertainers, Jaron Kenyon, Victoria Schumacher and Greg Schumacher with an incredible world-class game changers of friends and guests that have included speakers, influencers, musicians, entrepreneurs, doctors, hypnotists, authors, artists, coaches, and beyond. Our goal is to assist humanity in discovering their true potential and power, which is only from within. Through books, courses, schools, shows, seminars, summits, retreats, private coaching, and more, uh, Team Rise will take your vision to a new frontier of quantum thrusting forward, a new way of living and co-creating on Earth. All right, Victoria Schumacher. She's a manifesting generator in the cosmic human design system. She's an active nurse for over 12 years. She's a wife, mother, warrior, and social butterfly. She's a believer in celebrating raw self-expression, investigating and tirelessly exploring all avenues of the truth. Victoria is also an ordained minister, along with her husband. If you'd like, if you're getting married and you'd like, uh, maybe Victoria or the both of us to marry you, that could be a fun thing. Uh, Victoria is also on TikTok. She's trying to grow her TikTok, so everybody out there, you want to jump on Victoria's TikTok? It is at vicious under slash shoe eight one seven. It's in the description below on Rumble, so you can click on that and go give her a follow. And it's shoe like. The one you put on your foot. S-H-O-E, yes. <laughs> All right, Jaron Kenyon. He's a manifesting generator in the cosmic human design system. He's a traveling motivational speaker, teacher of manifestation, and believes cosmic human design is the internet of human beings. Jaron studied from and pilgrims to India with guru Dr. Palai. He, become a, he became a life mastery consultant through Mary Morsey and Bob Proctor's organization, which is the movie The Secret. There are a lot of things there. He also holds strong wisdom in quantum physics and Nikola Tesla mathematics. Jaron is a coach that gives you lifelong tools that keep you ascending in your life with ease. You can work privately with Jaron. Jaron at jaronkenyon.com. On to you, Jaron. All right. Mr. Greg Schumacher is a visionary leader and transformational business coach and also a projector in that cosmic human design system, a director, a guide, a builder, and they will come, an advisor, and much more. Now, what is the cosmic human design system? It is human design using true sidereal astrology. So we're looking at your actual true self, not your ego program to try to fit in self, which is what false use of time of tropical astrology has been guiding people into. So we need to be aware that there are actually 13 signs. The 13th sign is very important to Fucus because that is the number of transformation. So we need the 13 signs. We need to realize that the constellations in the sky are all different sizes, just like people, just like trees. They are not communist. We are not communist sky here. So you got a picture of pie and all, or, uh, and all the pieces are different sizes. Then lastly, you got to realize that we are not in the same uh, sky as 2000 years ago or farther back. It is an ever evolving rotating sky. So we have to rotate that dial roughly every degree, uh, a degree every 72 years. And so mainstream tropical astrology, as well as just about every other astrology out there, 
keeps us quarantined or the idea of being quarantined into that fixed sky. So when we're using true sidereal astrology, you're getting an accurate lens at your imprint, your code, your quantum design. And that shows you how your body functions, where your intuition is in your body, your quantum mechanics, your life's work, your evolution, and the ascension of your DNA, the ascension of your genes. So check us out. Uh, CosmicHumanDesign.com is where you see your chart. And you can also take a look at some information that Greg and I have put out on Rise Media TV to give you more insight into Cosmic Human Design. And of course, come to us with questions. We know that it's vitally important for all of us out there and for the ascension of the human race. And in simplicity, it's one of the answers to me of, well, how do we wake people up? Or how can I assist people that are you know, off here or there or asleep? And the answer is, aside from a ver variety of other answers is by design. Your intentions are one thing, your willingness is another, but also your auric field is the answer. So by design, that will help you know when and with whom you can help support in their awakening and in their growth. Greg brings his clients directly to their inner truth and freedom of expression as a transformational business coach. He masterfully guides you to release negativity, doubt and fear, big ones, to usher you into a business and personal life of passion, purpose and prosperity. Greg also comes from a long lineage of inventors and innovators and he continues the tradition with cutting edge ways of helping humanity. You can pick up um, several, one of a few of Greg's books, including, uh, you know, he's probably got them on himself right now. He's got a few books he's made, as well as some children's books, on RiseMediaTV.com. Manifestation, health, dating, all kinds of stuff in Greg's catalog. So check him out there. And as always in this show, I will be doing the Manifestation Moment segment. Greg will be leading us through the uh, Greg Schumacher experience. And the climax of the show, the sunshine news, Victoria will be leading through us through at the end. The good news, the funny stuff, the sad stuff that was a triumph. And maybe some animals, dogs, cats doing some funny things. I never know. We'll see. <laughs> a little uh, F you to the, to the normal news, too. <laughs> yes, All right. Before we get to Doug quickly, uh, we have our locals, which is connected to Rumble. So if you want to join us over there, you can subscribe to us. It helps us um, you know, support the show and grow. And we also have some only viewed if you're a subscriber over there episodes of Sasha Stone and Emily and Frank Jacobs and Marina Jacoby great episodes there and also 10 time your manifestation with me and Jaren part one part two so if you want to check those out go for it and help support the show next week we have the certified health nut, health nut Troy Casey he was supposed to be on with us like I think it was like six weeks ago he wasn't able to make it so we rescheduled him, and he will be with us next week. He's a crazy fella, so we're going to have a lot of fun with him. Also, our School of Ohm um, co-manifestation, co-meditation events. These are free and live on Wednesday nights. They're a lot of fun. Uh, come join us. Raise your vibrational levels. Do some chanting. Do some uh, visualization. Get around a campfire with us and ha tell some stories. We have a lot of fun with those type of things. So uh, come join us for that. And also the Rise Code, me and Jaren are co-authoring, will be out shortly. Me and him are finding time to edit this thing, uh, the final stages, and we'll get it out to you guys very shortly. But if you want to check out what it is, risemediatv.com slash the Rise Code. All right. Now on to our star of the show here, 
All right, Doug Scott Kramer. As I read to you, his channel's on YouTube. He takes viewers through a personal and intimate journey, as you've seen here, uh, of what it takes or what it was like being raised in Scientology cult. Um, also, his Hollywood journey as well. For, uh, from his father first becoming indoctrinated uh, when he joined it as a child uh, to his uh, decade-long time in there, right, as a Scientology can uh Materian candidate. Um, he was raised, oh, I'm sorry, raised in a secret society is a series that he has there. Uh, three seasons designed to educate as well as entertain. Additionally, a variety of interesting guests appear as well. So that's really cool there you're doing over there. Um, if you share an interest in cults, psychology, mind control, true crime, the occult, uh, psychopaths, and understanding of human behavior and nature in general. Come over to his YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at DBNC, which stands for Days But Not Confused. Go check that out. It's in the link below uh, on Rumble. And uh, you guys go enjoy what he's doing over there on YouTube. Uh, anything else uh, you're up to, Doug, uh, right now? Yeah. Um, no, I think you, you pretty much covered it. I'm going into, <laughs> I'm still figuring out the channel three years later and I did get booted off YouTube. You know, we had yeah. like 50, over 50,000 subscribers. <laughs> right. Is that why you guys are over here? By yes. The way? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to be joining you soon, man, yeah. I mean, but I'm still trying to keep some voice on there because as you guys know, mm -hmm. it's easier and oh, yeah. you know, you, you, it just sucks the censorship and everything. Sure does. But <laughs> the reason yeah. I say that my man is because I'm trying to push the limits on what I can say by covering the suspicious uh, suicides made to look like murders in Scientology. Mm. Oh, yeah. Branching off into the shit we talked about yeah. earlier yeah. about how the world's kind of a cult. So you can only get, you know, especially when you bring up what happened in the last three years, you mm -hmm. have to kind of dodge around certain things. But I'm Absolutely. trying to walk that fine line uh, with other content. Well, yeah, it's I'm a hard to line to follow on know, YouTube man. because they catch you for anything. So I have a very light youtube channel right now i just started again that's only giving little clips of our show mm -hmm. that's just nothing too uh controversial, controversial. so <laughs> i'm trying to grow a little bit but like you said it's the number one in the world video place right so people yeah, see you so. there so uh yeah. but we you know rumble's been good to us so far so we're happy there uh you also have a um an Instagram channel people can go follow you on, which is just your whole entire name, Doug Scott Kramer, uh, at Doug Scott Kramer over there on Instagram. You can follow his stuff he's doing over there. Um, so amazing stuff you're, you're doing. I'm very uh, happy that you're out here putting your voice out there. I'm sure it wasn't easy Thanks, at man. first to do that. Yeah. Uh, what made you kind of decide to go out there and put yourself out there? When we all got locked into our houses, mm -hmm. uh, I just got out of a cult, and here I am yeah. locked down in my oh, house, uh, sussing what's going on since day one, uh, watching the lunacy like, around me. I can't me. get away. So, huh? What did you do? You're like, I can't get away. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, and then, of course, you lose all your mates whenever you start trying to say what's going on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I found that so outrageous that there was nothing else to do. So I just spontaneously decided to start talking out about this again, using Scientology as a microcosm to hopefully show people what's going on on the grander scale. That was the motivation. And then, cause there was no plan. I was going to go back to Hollywood. You know, I worked 10 years to get my mind back. I really wanted to understand what the hell happened to me. And it was a huge learning experience. I learned a lot. And then I was planning on going back to Hollywood, but that wasn't really going to work anyways, to be honest with you, my friends. Cause like, when I started to wake up, Hollywood's just a part of that, a big part of the propaganda machine. So I was trying to figure out 
how to do what I love, which I need to be creative. I have to, I can't work like a, a normal job. I just can't. Um, so that was going to be my out. And I worked really hard to get good at it and to finally get a foot in the door. And I'd started working and I was basically guaranteed a career right when I woke up out of this thing. <laughs> that happened in a single day, by the way, when a book was dropped off on my doorstep that explained all this. Cause I had a concerned friend from my acting class who wanted to wake me up and miraculously it worked, but I had a kind of a plan where once I figure out what happened to me and I can focus again, I think I can go back into Hollywood. I never wanted to be famous anyways. I just wanted to kind of be a character actor and be under the radar and not really be known. But even then, you know, once the lockdowns happen, you got to take the poke poke to freaking go to your acting class now. And you have to wear yeah. the face diaper at the yeah. auditions. I wasn't going to go along with any of that. So that disabused me kind of, uh, I'm really pissed off to be honest with you, man. Like, uh, there's been no, nothing done about this. Uh, they're going to dance around forever saying, Oh, we didn't know all this bullshit, man. Yep. And it's like, it's so frustrating when you're talking about earlier about following your true path, being who you are, exiting the freaking herd. And I work really hard doing that. And then they shut my ass down here in LA and said, like I said, you got to take this freaking vaccine, quote unquote, yep. in order to do anything. So just trying to dance around, you know, how am I going to make money and work and all this? Like, I felt like my dreams were kind of stolen because I ain't going back to Hollywood with that bullshit. So I, um, I just really was fed up and that's why I jumped on just wanting to talk about this. I never would have done that anyways. I didn't have some master plan speaking out. Um, I just am frustrated, man, yeah. about all this crap. Well, I certainly don't blame you. And, and we live in New York, which is just second oh, behind guys, California. <laughs> I don't know. You guys got it even a little bit worse. I was oh, watching geez. New York uh, too. You guys had it really, really oh, bad. bad. So Victoria is a nurse and she ended up getting really? fired from her job for not getting the vaccine. Good so, for you, Victoria, because yeah. that's, yeah. that's what everybody should have done. That took yeah. a lot of balls. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was a very difficult time. I almost left my job, but I ended up getting a religious exemption you know oh, kind of thing just to get it in there yeah, but your, your job accepted it yeah. i did a religious exemption and a medical they exemption and they denied it. it completely they said no nope, no you're done if they you didn't... don't get vaccinated at this time you're fired that's <laughs> something else huh yep I, good for you though victoria i'm sure you um you uh do you have any friends that have come back to you and apologized that turned against you or it, that have seen the light since then that you I, made the I, right yes decision? i've had actually a few family members and some friends come back to me and be like really? um you know i i wish i stood my ground like you did you know i was kind of him and hawing but i felt pressured and i went and got it and i've had nothing but issues since um, yeah. And then I still have the friends that are like standing their ground and you shouldn't have quit your job and lost your nursing and this, that, and the other just over a vaccine. You should just got vaccinated. I'm like, it's my life, my career. Why do you care? <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. It's just like a cult, the same tactics to use yeah. pressure, bullying, coercion. Yep. yep. Uh, it, what happened was completely illegal. Yep. And it's exactly oh, yeah. what I experienced in Scientology. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So uh, if you were to, if you wanted to go act today, they would still require you to be vaccinated? I don't think so, but I have a, I, no, because it's over, right? Until the next I, bullshit I think so. they pull on us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's they're climate change and one. all this crap. Yeah. There'll probably be a stage alien invasion because they're prepping <laughs> yes. everybody for that crap. Who knows, yes. right? Well, we got, it's I don't coming. Know how to handle Something's this. coming. Yeah. Well, they're definitely pre pre programming people's yes, minds. Yes, they are. So get used yeah. to that shit. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I, I love acting, I, but YouTube has been a creative outlet too, you know, where I don't have to go kiss some casting director's ass, beg for a job or be sure. the right person. You can just express whatever you like. So I, I really do like this. It satisfies the creative aspect. 
but I love acting and I can go back. I'm pretty sure without the vaccination, but I don't really trust them, man. It's the propaganda yeah. arm kind of of the world. And sure. uh, what happens here in Hollywood kind of gets exported to the brains of the rest of the world. I'm not sure I really want to be a part of that, man. Yeah. And, and what about um, all of the companies now that are stepping up, let's say a Netflix, Amazon, they're all giving out contracts as well for actors. Um, is it is it helping the industry a little bit to break away independent companies and stuff? I don't know, really. I've been out of touch with the industry for so long that I'm not really sure. But I know one of the things is happening is that they're either still on strike or they were on yes. strike, Be, not least because AI is going to, you know, take over people's acting thing. <clears throat> I'm sure this won't be a surprise to you guys. I think there's an agenda. And sooner or later, people are going to have to suss what's going on because, you know, the AI is going to come in more and more. Yeah. And this thing that with the acting and the, them striking, it's just going to get worse. So I don't think that them, you know, rallying or protesting is going to change the overall thing. So that's another reason, too, where maybe independent filmmaker will break out more. You know, we do have the platforms like Rumble and mm -hmm. Odyssey and such where we can speak our own. But Hollywood's dying, man. It's yeah. always been like a, yes. a propaganda brainwashing machine. And I hope it does die out. And, and what will be left in its wake, hopefully it will be creative people that don't have to uh go through government bullshit man to be yeah. a creative person so however yeah. that turns out whether it's netflix or whatever i mean they were just doing basically woke propaganda for a few years but they've since changed that it's an, it's kind of a cool platform they have some good stuff out there yeah. and who knows maybe i will go back and do it in a year or two but i just don't see a good future for hollywood yeah. i am going i i don't know i'm trying They're to all justify going crazy, it man. I, miss it. I don't know are they i think they, so them or just the world in general you mean like hollywood <laughs> well well the world in general has gone crazy especially during covid but um yeah. since covid a lot of hollywood actors and stuff have gone a little mad if yeah. you ask me a lot of them quit, quit quitting the industry. yeah a lot of them are quitting dying, dying. And some are just yep. going psycho sudden death yeah yep. i yeah. think that vaccine is driving people freaking crazy yes yeah. yeah madonna i mean britney spears yeah. and all of them it's yeah. It's crazy watching Madonna, by the way, during quarantine, Oof. lose her mind. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's in that vaccine. I, don't, I think God, it didn't, I would never take it. But I think yeah. that's part of why people are absolutely losing I don't some know, of their, yeah. They're yeah. losing their humanity. Yeah. yeah. I, I think um, it's a great opportunity um, when you run into an obstacle like this, whatever it may be, to, to make a choice, right? And, and some of us are making choices. We're still running into our own obstacles, of course. Absolutely. But we're choosing the natural, organic way, you know, and it's quality over quantity. So I even think about, you know, talking about Hollywood or, or anywhere. You are seeing, it's becoming very apparent to see the choice. There are some yeah. waking up and choosing a new route and starting new things. We need to build our own enterprises that doesn't feed the collective ego and its institutions, yep. which is what? It is artificial. It's not only a negative artificial intelligence it's a simulated one and we need to re remember that no matter what is going on in that matrix field that there is an organic intelligence to nature to life and to you that will always be there to support you as we move forward so i remember i bring this up again but you know jason archaics was talking with uh on the inspired channel one day he was talking about the hopi and the ancient cultures and how even then they knew 90% or more, way more, would follow at that time the main track of the simulation and that that's what they were going to do and that what, 
you know, the, the ones that were aware knew is that they would always be protected if they were connected to that source. They would always be in the right place at the right time and that they had to, you know, be unique and build what their, whatever their own enterprises were in, to, to move, you know, the legacy forward of the true, I don't know what you could call it, the true earth or, you know, the loving light intelligence of, of existence as humans, whatever you want to call it. And we're at this major precipice. I think the thing is also to remember that technology just like this can be used consciously and awesomely. And yes, there is new systems coming in. Some people want to call it positive AI. I don't. What I say is it's positive natural intelligence. There are systems of consciousness where the technology is alive and we recognize that, that everything is alive and we're consciously choosing to use it. So we want to make sure that we're consciously involved with our life, including our technology, and to know that there is a lot out there coming to support us into grander adventures as human beings. But for the most part, that, you know, exactly what you're saying, you know, I'm aligning with where it's more and more installing of, you know, AI um, on the negative side in the simulation running the things. And I think many people are awakening to it more and more all the time and will choose a different route. Some of us just, you know, are a little earlier and there was people earlier before us, you know, and we're going to welcome those over as it happens naturally but not try to go and save it. If you try to go and save it, this is, this is one of the challenges here. Serve, don't save, and be one with the natural intelligence, and then allow that natural field to come to you to determine your creativity and your services. And realize though, we're in like two dimensions at once or two worlds at once, so you know, as much as things might exhale and become fresh and exciting and expansion, then you'll run into that obstacle and you know, make make the choice that's right for you and it's going to test our faith in truth how much do we really trust us and trust in life no matter what it is and our our feeling consciousness which is the most natural thing we possess our feelings will guide us in the right direction if we listen to it with discernment and that's my little spiel for this conversation <laughs> Perfect. That was really well said, man. That's exactly how I got out of Scientology. I was forced to listen to that inner guidance and mm. to, I won't go into the detail, man, but a lot of what you just said, I really can relate to because I was forced to, I didn't have a family or anything to go back to, let alone mm. a mind to work with. And I experienced a lot of adventures being homeless and this, that, and the other thing. I went from being completely integrated to going through a massive dark night of the soul experience. Mm -hmm. But that's what was required. And I've said like a million times, like Scientology was terrible, but I did get a great gift out of it. It woke me up so that I would do anything for. And I didn't even know I was in it. So it was just, it sucked, man. I am on the other side of it. I'm still learning every day, but I'm not in the post-traumatic stress disorder uh, version of that, which lasted about a decade, but it's exactly that. I mean, uh, what you just said there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to, if my personal experience is anything to go on and I'm sure you guys can relate and have been through your own, you kind of need to get smashed over the head or something <laughs> tragic needs to happen to you to boot you out of this freaking thing. Otherwise it wasn't my natural inclination, nor do I think really anybody's to uh, get in touch on that kind of a level or to go deep or to be f confronted with, uh, challenging their comfortable existence and getting booted out of the uh, matrix, as you say. You know, yeah, some powerful stuff there, and uh, you know, congratulations to you for making it out. It almost like you 
you you had to like it's like in a video game you had to beat a beat a really tough boss to make it to the yeah, next level exactly and you what did. It felt like <laughs> yes. exactly uh, you know, because the whole time going, what's happening to me? Why is this happening? I was just yeah. going to have a career. I had a loving family. Yeah. I, I believed in my religious leader. Now he's a scumbag con artist. Like yeah. the whole thing was completely overwhelming. And I kept asking, yep. what is happening? Why are you doing this to me? Whoever is doing this to me? Like, what yeah. did I do that was so wrong? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after years of that, uh, feeling that way, I just leaned into it and I went on an adventure. And I, like you said earlier, my friend, that your emotions guide and your heart and your feelings. And trust that when you, I had to have faith, man. I'm not a yeah. religious person, but I definitely, it wasn't like God I was talking with. Mm -hmm. It was like my intuition where I had to trust that every, this was leading somewhere and that I never, you know, I had my whole life planned. That's not going to work here. So I just had to every day go with what I feel. And then I would have little miracles of uh, synchronistic things happen that would get me by for that day. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing major uh, happened. I never, you know, found a hundred dollar bill, you know, while I was homeless, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. or something. It was only like three bucks or something. Or sometimes somebody would give me, here's a buck to get some food or whatever. It was really right. bad, man. Just trying to understand all this stuff. And my life had to break down before I could rebuild it. Mm -hmm. But when I didn't know I was going through that process until I got to the other side, I thought I was dying and I thought yeah. I was going crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny because you made it out and somehow you just got enough to get it out, out of it, right? You just Amazing. got enough dollars. You just I'm, got enough food. You made it, you know? I'm and, so thankful, man. I yeah. never, one of the things is I never wanted to experience that a second time. My heart couldn't take it. So I was going to make sure that I never fell into something like this again. Yeah. And it is a miracle that I got yeah. out of it. That, those, that 10 years or so sucked. Every second of every day sucked. Yeah. So I'm just, um, I learned a lot though. I'm just thankful that I'm not in that state of mind because it was horrible. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think about um, during COVID when all that started happening to people, um, a lot of people woke up during that because it was a slap in the face to them. They couldn't believe mm -hmm. what they were seeing. And, and yeah, you know, and amazing. for the people that were waking up, they were like, this is madness. Like, yeah. just you couldn't believe how many people would wear a mask, how many people would go get a jab, how many. And you could tell them, listen, this isn't good for you they would hate you for saying that like yeah. you yeah. were the enemy hate you hate <laughs> you dude. exactly the same thing I've lost so many friends. <laughs> they're cult members it's the yeah. branch covidians man they yeah. were yeah. just as aggressive as my parents and my at my scientology yes. mates when i was trying to wake them up they exact acted the same way as the covidians yeah yeah it was it, like you're it's creepy you were an enemy no man. shit yeah. like an wow. enemy and they hate you yeah. and yeah. all you're trying to do like I learned to kind of keep quiet. I almost yeah. got fights and lines and we were all waiting for food and shit going, don't you guys see what's happening? This is like on week one. No. I learned, I learned early on just to, I don't know, just to take it rather than project it all out or whatever, just bring it back to me and don't say a hell of a whole lot because these people are cult members and they're maniacs and they're aggressive. If you yes. try to quote unquote, wake them up. Yep. I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. we've certainly seen it in, in our own society, not as, like, like not as microscopic, but certainly you see it everywhere in, in, and, uh, you know, even at your job, those type of things, you know, the pressure to do things. And, you know, I was pressured to wear a mask and I swear that I had it on for about 10 minutes a day. I, I didn't want to have that thing on. I avoided people. I he, just, 
He ended up getting a horrible throat infection. Yeah, deep throat infection from a, a mask infection because of wearing, masks. breathing in yeah, your own. Yeah, it's unbelievably unhealthy. Even yep. if you believe in the virus, it does nothing to protect you. The PCR right. test is bullshit. Right. I mean, the contradictory information where people had three years to suss the lunacy of the ever-changing narrative. I couldn't, yep. I could not. It was good to see them, right, guys? Because you wouldn't believe it. Like if somebody told me <laughs> that there's a planet like this, yes. and this is going to happen and this and that, and these people are going to act this way. I wouldn't have believed it unless I saw it. So all the people, you know, all the tough no. guys, you know, go to the gym and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, even people that fought in wars and stuff. A lot of these people bowed down like cowards, man, Seriously? and just went along with this. And it just, as the mask went on, it took everybody's mask off. So you got yeah. to see who the hell people really were, man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was quite the time we went through. Amazing. And amazing. And to witness. now that we can go back and really reflect on it, you learned a lot through it. And uh, even though we didn't want to go through it and didn't want to, to continue to keep going and going and going after they said, oh, it's only six weeks. It's only two this weeks much. Two the curb. Yeah. <laughs> two freaking weeks is what they told us. Two weeks turned into two years. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, even close to three years. I mean, yeah. in here in L.A., they finally are. Yeah, and what do you think the next one's going to be? I mean, they're going to, it's just not, we need, I don't know what's well, going to happen. Getting, but. We're getting threatened by, um, you know, China, and they have other crazy viruses that they're threatening yeah. to release. So. Do you think they're going to try this shit again, man? I, do you think I, enough people are going to go along with this shit if they I don't know the that. Time? I don't know that I'm they're going to, I don't think small businesses will close down again. They saw how bad it hurt you know, them, themselves yeah. by doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think it's going to be some kind of uh, alien type stuff. It seems like I they're putting too. a lot I know of that people, stuff out there. Yeah. People that must think we're they're trying to wake to people that. up to it. This is what, yeah, <laughs> this is what I think they're, I mean, it's in their own little uh, yeah. kind of agenda. I forget who said it, but, oh, it was Werner Von Braun that was talking to uh, a close um, associate. And I saw it on BitChute recently where she said, yeah, the, the, the final card is going to be the staged alien invasion. And he kept, Werner von Braun, you know, was one of the Nazi scientists that was brought over for the MKUltra project. Yeah. And he was privy to all this stuff, as you are at a certain level, this compartmentalization. So he says, yeah, the third, the final card is going to be, you know, the, the staged alien invasion. And they're certainly prepping the mind for that. Whether or not they'll they go with that, we shall see. Yeah. 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 It's out in the news and everything, you know. They're know. just saying that the government was never honest about the aliens. So they're Such trying to desensitize us. And nowadays, with everything that's already happened, some people are like, whatever. I know. <laughs> What's the next I don't scenario? even think people are fighting. <laughs> they're like, who cares? Yeah. I, I think you know, one of the they things I learned about, about the mind control thing is you can only do it so much. The human yeah. mind will finally fight back. So if they bullshit long enough, they're going to try to run the climate scam, you know, where we all got to be, we're all bad humans for. Yep the climate bullshit um, and and all this stuff. So I think the more ops they keep running, that sooner or later they're going to run their course and people are just going to go on with their lives and just not even just tune out to these idiots. I hope so. It's like the liar that eventually gets, you know, entangled in their own lies. Well, I mean, if you look at a chart, you know, we we are early adapters to things, right? We, We early adapted to this this narrative and said, no, 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 no way. This is, this is all bullshit. And, as you're seeing, you know, time has gone by, there's more and more. Once you get to that curve, that, that middle section, it pours forward. And there's too many people that aren't going along with your, with your narrative. And you can't control us anymore. So well, you're, all, you're all blurry, I honey. know. I get like that every once in a while. Those cameras. 
cameras finicky. fading in between dimensions. I like. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Sorry, right, I was drifting so out for a minute. What we're going to do is we're going to get to Jaren's manifestation <laughs> moment. And uh, after that, we'll come back and we'll have another, some more fascinating conversation here with Doug. All right, everybody, get ready. Here comes Jaren and the manifestation moment. So for today's manifestation moment, we'll talk about group think versus having an individual thought, right? Or herd mentality versus what I'll call unique divine individualism. Being an individual, unique and divine versus herd thinking. And so, you know, today's topic we discuss on a very uh, serious and intent level, you know, the aspect of the collective ego's institutions, institutions that are developed to program. But let's take it beyond just that, you know, revisiting, you know, all the things that may be programming, you know, positive and negative. I'm not sitting here judging that, but let's just look in neutrality objectively at it all, which we started with family and the way the family normally functions and how to fit in schooling and how schooling tells you to fit in and fitting into your friends when you're there and then onwards to the media and politics and religious aspects. And you could go on and on, right? Societal norms, race, gender, all these things, what it's right to be a man, what it's right to be white, what's right to be in my family, what's right to be in my school told me, all these things, right? There's lots of programming. We can be conscious of that in this moment, right? We can see it neutrally. Yeah, there's a lot. So that inhibits us from having what my point today is a lot of fresh thoughts to have a fresh thought which often we would say is an inspired thought a creative thought something fresh and new and that's a challenge and we can see that already with all that programming okay next is it's already recorded proven the average human has 95 percent of thoughts from yesterday so 95% of your thoughts today are coming from yesterday at minimum. This is at bare minimum. And 80% of them are negative as an average too. So think about that. 80% of the negative is just continuing from yesterday. So we want to break away from that. We want to start to be able to self-reflect, move into our spirit consciousness to have a fresh thought. So then we take it further. When we realize we're eternal beings, cosmic beings, we look into the other times we've had going around in this experience as being human. Now you have all that, which we could call soul, lifetime, karmic imprint, regardless, karmic imprint of all of your past self that's coming through, right? And so there's positives and negatives in it, but still already an energetic pattern or system or program running so there's already inherent slavery in that unless you're aware alter adjust add to the program from your consciousness but then 
one little tidbit here for everyone today is then you go further into ancestral thoughts, which Dr. Pillai, someone that I recommend people to check out, PillaiCenter.com, Pillai Center on YouTube, Dr. Pillai on YouTube, countless things. But he talks about that being the biggest thing that the sages work with beyond even just individual growth and karmic transmutation and transformation is soul genetics, where at minimum seven to up to 14 generations back, you're thinking their thoughts. You do not just inherit their bio, biological genes, you inherit the soul genes. And so for better or worse, all of your ancestors' thoughts are coming through you. Now that's sounds doom and gloom. It's not, but that's that's quite the spell there. If you think you're thinking for yourself, right? So practices. Now one is tarpanum. Look that up, everybody. It's a ritual: black sesame seeds, white rice. New moon is the time to cleanse your ancestral uh, heritage. Bless them. Bless yourself. Everyone's freed. So tarpanum they'll say is probably the most advanced ritual that you always should choose that the Hindus know of. But practically, let's look for all of us is to have practices where we move into the true self. We move into the true self that is just like was stated earlier so well by Doug. You do not, um, you have a mind, you have a body, you have emotions, and you're experiencing and perceiving this reality, but you are none of that. You are a spirit, consciousness, inhabiting this body, experiencing this reality. So we want to come from the present conscious spirit self. Then you take control of the remote control of the game player again. And by altering your mind, your body, your emotions, and using manifestation techniques, you change the station that you're experiencing. And you can manifest reality. The first is getting to know thought, fresh thought. So one simple exercise, and I'll get to that too in a second. Perfect, Greg. We can leave that up because we'll get to that in a second. But one simple exercise, a simple sound, is chit. I've done this a few times on this show. Chit is a supernormal consciousness. It'll arrive you in a positive way to a place of being able to know everything, do everything, be anywhere at any time. Now that's an extreme relativity but that sound naturally would do this in fact they call it the goddess the goddess sound where you step out of the human mind and into your true mind okay so you just close your eyes you see the program running you have these thoughts and these feelings it's all okay And then you say, chit, 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 stops the thoughts, stops the mind, chit, you do this long enough. You can't even think in the same way. Cheat. Cheat. 
Now the quantum sound will make it happen on its own, but it's always helpful to put your spiritual will behind it. You have an intent. You want to become present. And you're actively stopping the mind when it wants to go think on its own. So you have to practice that for yourself. Try it for 10 minutes in your own way. You can chant it fast, chant it slow. It has the word chi in it, right? And then the T for consciousness along with life force. So that's a simple sound. Greg put up this flyer that I wanted to put up last year, this little um, worksheet for you all to see. So when the idea is number one in meditation, which is about being natural to get to your true spirit self, you have no mind, no thought, only presence. You're looking through the vehicle in the movie. Then you move into one thought for manifestation, one vision, one affirmation or mantra. So you get to one topic, one subject, one goal, one dream, one transformation. You're harnessing the life force of all things and yourself to create. As we've always said, focusing on the object, the experience, as if it's already here. And number three, feeling it, emotionalizing it, energizing it. So you've went from no thought to that one goal or one dream. It's already here. And then you're feeling it and energizing it. You're giving gratitude. You're feeling excited about it as if it's already occurring. You stay there longer, accepting that it's already occurring. If your mind starts to go off, you can use chi to come back in. Whether it's a simple goal or a big one, you're staying there, it's already happening, and you're feeling it. You're using your mastermind through your mind's eye to see it or to speak it. And then lastly, you're staying there. As I'm always talking about, we don't stay there. Distractions, compulsions, everything else kicks in that takes us away. But the masters know if they stay there, let's say you stayed there an hour on that one thing and you felt it. They will eventually get there. You will see it pop up in synchronicity or be pulled to you. And the more vertical you go, the less work you have to do. So in finality, the idea here is we want to come from a fresh heart to mind self. What do I really need, want, aspire for now? Who am I now? I'm on an adventure. I just woke up in this journey of earth and everything's amazing. Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be with? What do I want to experience? And you're coming from the real you now, not the program you from before, not your ancestors' thoughts or not what you've been told as you grew up. And it sounds easier than done. But when you arrive there, more and more often, it becomes easier. And then over time, you start to alter the program so that you're actually living your present destiny that is one of your wishing. And remember, ask and it is given but only when you're being authentic and real and connecting to all that is that's right here in front of you. And that is your manifestation moment for today. All right. Thank you, Jaron. What a great uh, little moment that is. Hope everybody learned a little something from that. Um, 
Doug, I wanted to ask you, you know, when we talk about the power of a cult, right, and the way they transform you, they understand that you, we are creative beings, that we are very powerful, and that if they can focus your energy a certain way, they can help help create for them from you, right? Wouldn't exactly. You say? Yeah. That's all a psychopath really does, and they're run by, well, let's say, let's call it a sociopath. It's kind of the in-between, the narcissist and the psychopath. Consciousness people, people that need to feed off the energy of other people. And I think these people <clears throat> don't have the creative aspect that they leech off of. So exactly like you said, L. Ron Hubbard, for example, my cult leader, he, um, you know, he was a sci-fi author. He appeared to have a lot of imagination and creativity. But basically, all he did was steal and leech the energy off of the authors that he stole from. Mm. Um, he didn't have a conscience. So I think there's something about these predatory people where they also live in a bit of a different reality. And they can see weaknesses that we might not see ourselves. And they might be jealous of this creativity, the, um, the imagination that humans that are in touch uh, naturally have. I don't think that they really have that. And I think that they do get us to create their vision because Scientology for example has a lot of creative artists in there a lot of creative people a lot of businessmen that are successful etc they are there's a lot of able people in that cult and a lot of cults in general and the head scratcher that a lot of people say is how can Tom Cruise how can so and so how can Allison Mack follow these people well they I think can can sniff out and be attracted to creative people and people that can do their bidding for them. So all they have to do is hijack your subconscious and plan ideas of their own, and you will live them out. Yeah, great stuff there. And um, I look at Hollywood definitely in that realm, uh, even yeah. with the movies they put out, right? They yeah. program us through the movies. And, and I love movies, and I, and, I, and I do a lot of my Greg Schumacher experiences on movies, but I, I show like the lessons you can learn from it. But the overall of a movie... I think is to program society yes. into certain ways of creating for them, right? Fear, especially, right? They love fear because they can control you through fear for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, if we knew this, if we knew what you're talking about, it's game over mm -hmm. because there's a lot of money and time and effort that goes into programming that subconscious. They call it, as you guys know, predictive programming in the movie. So you'll find 9-11 being shown uh, in certain movies before. You'll see the coronavirus pre-programmed in before yeah. it happens. Oh, yeah. You, you can Simpsons. learn everything you want from the Simpsons. Yes. You know, they seem <laughs> exactly. to have a, a, a right? Well, that's, so that's the shows the power of our own minds, though. Yeah. You right? know? I mean, I mean, even the Simpsons are showing the aliens, you know, taking the masks yeah. off of the faces. And yeah, and they were aliens underneath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Maybe David Icke was right, man. My jury's out. I've never seen a reptile. I've never seen someone shapeshift. And I know he hammers home on that. Yeah. But um, everything else that he's saying, I'm in accord with. And then maybe they are actually, if, if they, if freaking, you know, if uh, Bill Gates or whatever rips, you know, if, if I actually saw it one day, <laughs> yes. let's just say I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't be like, you wouldn't be shocked. You'd be like, wow, that is, well, kind of knew it, kind of figured it, you know, that, that's. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. the very least, they are different from being psychopaths yes. and whether or not yes. they're aliens or not. I don't know. But yep. it, if, if I see it, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised because it's just something's weird around here, you know, about yeah. like, who, who are these freaking people that do this right. shit? And, and then I'm sure you've seen a lot of the celebrities, quote unquote, public people who don't look like themselves anymore. 
They're, they're right. much different looking yeah. than they used to be. Some people say they're being cloned, or yeah. maybe it's the jab, or yep. maybe it's um, who knows. My, I don't, like don't I know. said, I only my jury's out on the whole alien thing, but I'm definitely <laughs> open to it because there's still a question mark, at least for me, as to what really the hell is going on. Because it, yeah. if if it's, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I know what the on this show we always say. We don't care what the truth is. We just want the truth. That's so what I want, too. Even if it exactly. doesn't fit my agenda, whatever, I'll change my mind. Okay, that's what you're showing me, is it? Okay, I'll go with exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> that was my main point when I got into Scientology. I'm like, I'll become an atheist. if, if Whatever the hell the truth is, I'll accept it. I didn't want to believe in past lives and all the crazy shit that Scientology was teaching me, although that was an attraction because I yeah. figured even before Scientology that was kind of my bent. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, whatever it is, just show me the truth and I'll yeah. freaking accept it. And then yeah. that's when I started going down the rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to abandon all my ideas. In fact, they just expanded out even more. But I, I definitely don't know that I don't know everything, though. When Scientology inculcates, you know everything, everything's certain, and this and that. Only when I got out of the cult did I really start questioning. And man, there's so much more to know about life and reality that once you break out of the oh, bubble, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. It's an onion, right? You just keep peeling exactly. those layers. Yeah, it's amazing. Exactly. Um, yeah. you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, the idea of, of this life, right. And what we are living right now, uh, I I've brought up a lot, the simulation, uh, theory, because it mm -hmm. feels like we could be in a simulation type thing. Mm -hmm. You look at how technology is moving video games, yeah. virtual reality, and you're like, pretty soon you're not going to know the difference. How do we know that we're not in a simulation as well? It's pretty interesting. Have you thought about that, Doug? I've thought about that a lot. I've gone through all the theories, you know, where we genetically engineered by aliens back in that, mm -hmm. you know, did yep. Atlanta, Atlantis and yep. uh, Lemuria exist? Did we have high technology or whatever? I've looked at all of these possibilities. And the one, the one, the way that I try to figure this stuff out is to just learn from the psychopaths, learn from the mind mm -hmm. controllers and reverse engineer it. So mm -hmm. they're trying to put us in a sub-reality where we will be human 2.0 and yep. we'll be connected to AI in some fashion. And they, like we were talking about earlier, they don't really have a heart and a soul and creativity. So to them, the multiverse or the, I'm sorry, the metaverse, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's creation, yep. all this shit, that's what they're trying to bring us into. So if you just extrapolate from that, I think it is possible that we're living in a simulation, that it's always been like that. And they're just trying to perhaps create another sub-reality of that. But I don't know for sure. I'm just saying yeah. what I learned the most from is trying to reverse engineer what the controllers are actually trying to do. Just yeah. like with Hubbard, you know. I didn't go trying to find out necessarily what the truth is. I was just trying to undo the programming, mm -hmm. but accidentally that was teaching me the truth. It yeah. was like reverse engineering. It's like we're in an upside down world. It's like everything's the opposite. So just by going the doing the deprogramming process, yeah, I have entertained that idea that we're living in a simulation. Yeah, it's pretty uh, fascinating stuff. Um, mm -hmm. we, we love on this show to have all kinds of different types of guests. Now we've had flat earth guests. We've had gal galactic people we've had all kinds of things we love going down every subject because you're going to learn mm -hmm. at least something from that right exactly. that's going to exactly. either resonate with you or you're going to say i'm going to look into that a little more I, I like that idea so there's a lot that goes on here and uh I, i'm glad that you're out and able to have your free thoughts again and you're able to just Thanks, man. be out there doing this type of thinking because we need this in the world we need i agree man we need to reverse engineer this world for sure <laughs> yeah and thanks for yes. what you guys are doing too and like yeah. you said i think there's more and more people especially after scamdemic that are starting to kind of maybe go on that path too whatever they make of it you know yeah yeah absolutely so i wanted to ask you um when you were in scientology um 
I, I heard that they, they, they kind of made you police one another and report on one another, all those type of things. So when you got out, you know, first of all, what was happening in there? And then when you got out, how hard was it to like not want to report on people and not do these behaviors? That's a really good question. Just like any learned um, stuff, it takes a long time. It wasn't not reporting on people that was so hard because I gave up Scientology literally in a single day. Just to let people know that I haven't heard real quick. Uh, like I said, a concerned friend from my acting class dropped off a stack of books on my doorstep because he, he knew Scientology was a cult. I knew I wasn't in a cult, so I was going to go report him that day. But because I got lazy, I said, I'm going to do it in the morning. It's Orwell's 1984. You snitch on your mom, your family. Uh, if this guy's going to drop off a staff of books, you damn right. I'm going to go down to celebrity center here in LA and report on him. You mm -hmm. write what's called a knowledge report. Anybody that talks anything negative about Scientology as you're going about your day. Um, my, if my mom is being out ethics as a Scientologist, I write her up, you know, you write time, place, form and event on these wow. knowledge reports. It's exactly like Orwell snitching culture. So that wasn't hard to give up when I got out. What was hard to give up was the stare, staring at people. I had to learn English words. It took forever to learn how to, because there's a thousand plus words that you learn that replace the English language wow. in your head. So just <laughs> learning, dude, how to speak English, um, how to stop staring at people, and then how to get this massive, you know, decades long program out of my head that was installed by a psychopath. That was a long, brutal Every single day, there was a hundred new perceptions. Uh, when I would have conversations with my friends, I would tell them, "I'm gonna, I'm going through this weird process. I don't even understand it myself, but I'm getting. If I get triggered a lot, if I act a certain way, I'm just trying to learn from myself." My solution was auto psychotherapy. Man, I didn't have any money to go to psychologists. I, I was living out of my car. I just read a bunch of books, and I realized that something was happening. And the way out of this, I think is to pull everything into myself, to allow myself to get triggered, to not bury the emotions like a lot of ex-Scientologists do and then go back in their life. I had an acting class where I can act out these feelings. So every day, whether it was a conversation with a friend, whether it was doing scene work and acting class or whatever, I would have a million new realizations because my perceptions were breaking down and changing so freaking rapidly. It was like living a thousand years in that <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. It, it, that's the only way I can describe it. It was like a download, you know, it was like, it was my brain was being overwhelmed with new ideas and perceptions that were, I think, helping me to break down this program. But it was, um, I, I feel like I rambled off your question. No? It took a long time to stop being a Scientologist. I can honestly say I'm not even close to the person that I grew up as in Scientology. It's like being two completely different people. Mm -hmm. And when I speak out about it, it's weird because I can click back into a Scientology mode immediately. And I do for the videos and I like interviewing people. I'm still reliving some of these triggers and getting up, getting more off, but there it's so two different people that I have to actively kind of go back to uh, what that was like, which is a good thing. That's how I was yeah. tracking my progress. How much am I not thinking and acting this way? Yeah, that's uh wow. Quite, quite a journey. And uh, I, I couldn't imagine you know, even to just get friends, just to have friends, like it's got to be different because inside of a cult, when you have friends, it's got to be a much different thing than having an outside friend and interactions it, and yes. everything. It took so long to trust people. One of the things I noticed about the outside world, which shocked me, is that people were actually caring. They, there's this thing in Scientology <laughs> where you have to exchange for everything. 
And the fact that someone would actually help me out, I still have a problem with this today. I don't like to get money, uh, you know, for this kind of work. I don't like to get um, compliments are kind of hard to take. I'm so used to um, exchange and a certain way of behavior in the cult, but the outside world was blew my mind as to how caring and, and helpful people really were. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I still didn't feel like that was the landing point though, because of what I was learning in Scientology, even though the outside world was so much better, it only took me about two years to realize that the world itself was kind of structured the same way. It just wasn't as hardcore. So that then the love and all the caring in, in normal society, that also became kind of um, with its own snags and, or whatever. But in general, it's amazing how different the real world is, quote unquote, than growing up in Scientology and how much people actually care. Wow. Quite, quite interesting. It's, it's, oh boy, what a journey. Um, and then, you know, when we talk about relationships, uh, love relationships, that must be even really hard for you. I haven't dated in years, man. And it's like, I don't, I've always been kind of solo anyways. I do like to be out and about and active and I like people, but in general, I like to be in my imagination in my head and I like to um, be creative and I like solo time, yep. but that I'm sure is uh, because of Scientology in a big way, because I still don't know, I can't undo what happened. And it was such a part of my life and I just turned 50 recently. So I'm probably at least, you know, halfway through this sojourn. So I can't take back or undo. I just accept that I probably am a little different than my mates. It is hard to kind of have friends and people to relate to with this kind of an experience. And I, I'm okay with it. You know, I kind of accept it. It's been a weird life, man. It's just been a strange adventure. Yeah, yeah really for has. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think that even for, for just the people that are just in normal society, it's a strange adventure as well. Just the I things don't know. that go I'm on, man. I'm sure it is, but <laughs> do they suss it or not is the yeah. question. Yeah, if you it's don't, true. If you just go along to get along, if you just do the nine yeah. to fiver or whatever, and yeah. you, you would not really think anything strange. If you get all your sure. boosters and shit, you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> think there's anything strange at all. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, oh yeah. We just have to do a fourth booster now. Don't worry. It's just the fourth oh, one now. So uh, another one's actually coming out, guys. So I don't even know. I stopped paying attention. How many do they actually? How many are they on? I think there's coming out with the fifth. So, yeah. And, so absurd. <laughs> you know, because there's you got, a new you had strain. five chances to figure it out, and yep. these, I'm sure a bunch of people are still good. Are they still even trying to push that freaking thing? I mean, aren't they kind of? Well, they're, a little. they're pushing the numbers again. They're saying that the COVID hospitalizations are uh, higher now than they were in December. So they're saying that the numbers are increasing and to make sure you get vaccinated. Another vaccine's coming out. So Absolutely well, ridiculous. You know, they're having a lot of damage from the vaccines and they're using yes. those people that are winding up in hospitals with myocarditis and, and heart attacks and yeah. shit. We've seen many celebrities, people drop dead and still people haven't figured the, uh, out that the new hospitalizations and the incredible decline in health physical health in people yeah. in these last three years or two years is because of that vaccine and then yeah. they're going yeah. to try to blame it on COVID, i'm sure somehow or whatever oh so, sure so to Chris. yeah it's a, a lot of distraction headlines and a lot of things to 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 really push you away from actually figuring out what's going on uh yeah. you know victoria reads me a lot of headlines i'm not a big person who goes into the news and looks for things but but she definitely reads some things to me. I'm like, oh my god, they're saying this now and that now, and then and, 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 I know, just read just, the headlines. I don't even open the articles. <laughs> I get notifications. What's the latest, Victoria? Because, like I said, I I try to follow the scams just to keep up as homework and just to be aware of what's going on. But I didn't know about the fifth booster, and I didn't. I think they're kind of pushing it. What are the latest headlines that are on the horizon for 
us to look forward to? Do you know? <laughs> forward to. Uh, it, it all depends on the subject, I guess. Um, right. If we're talking about the vaccines, I was just reading one. I actually just posted something earlier that, uh, you know, there's a rise in children dying um, in sports. Yeah. And I was, we were just listening to the Joe Rogan Robert and Kennedy. Uh, Robert yeah. Kennedy thing yesterday. Mm. And he said mm. it went from 29 kids a year dying in sports to 29 kids maybe a week um, or a month even. I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said, but the, the number has skyrocketed since COVID. And what's the correlation, right? What changed between then and now? Vaccines. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to pay attention to that. I, I said, I found it funny that, you know, when COVID was a thing, all lives mattered. Wear a mask to save others, stay inside to save others, yeah. get vaccinated to save others, yeah. right? But now you have kids dropping on the field and what are you doing? You're not, you don't care. You don't care about these lives. It, it mattered before, but you don't care now because then you would have to admit that you did something wrong yeah. and you exactly. made a bad That's choice and you did the damage to these children. Well, the liability too, they don't want the liability, so they're not gonna admit nothing. Uh, exactly. For sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's what a crazy, crazy time we're, we're living through. But it, it's a great time to be alive, man. You get, but, you get to witness unprecedented shit. That's the way absolutely. I look at it, because yep. otherwise I would lose my mind. You have to laugh at it. It's not yeah. funny because it's really happening. We've yeah. got to do something about it, as you know. But at the same time, if you're not involved in it and you're looking at it from the outside looking in, it's it is pretty funny. It's re, it's like I said, it's tragic. <clears throat> And we got to do something about it. Yeah. But it is so ludicrous and so yeah. over the top with the lies and insanity oh, yeah. that we've never really had a psyop like this um, in recent human history. This, this will go down as the biggest like destructive cult ever yeah. Uh, yeah. in recent times, man. Yeah. If, if we suss it, if not, yeah. we'll, we're going into Orwell's 1984. I mean, it's yeah. the New World Order, whatever they want to call it. Or well, whatever. yeah, my point of view is is to stay on the positive side in that we are, yeah, me too. whether it's teams like us or others behind the scenes doing the right things, getting rid of the, the bad. And, and that's why it's coming out so publicly yeah. is mm-hmm. to show the public that this shit's going on everywhere. Child trafficking, you know. Yep. All the the corruption of the government and and everybody's in everybody's pocket and cheating on the yeah. stock market and all these things the banks everything that it's all coming to the surface on purpose that's what I'm looking at it that that's, that's the way, I'm the way I at see it. it too this has to come out man and yeah. so it's a good thing I mean this monster has been creeping up behind the scenes forever so yeah. it was good to finally actually see them come out onto the world stage press the button and show people what they're all about because they can't go back into hiding they have yeah. to keep pushing this the lies and shit sure. even more extreme yeah maybe this is all meant to be right i mean how are we gonna quote unquote wake up yeah. unless we see what's going on and our backs are pressed against the wall so the more these people do this the more people are just going to keep waking up i think and, and there's no other kind of way around it it just has to maybe go this way what do you what do you think uh, the, if if we were to stay in our comfort zone and just live the comfortable life, we would never question a thing and never wake exactly. up. <laughs> we need right. this to, we need this to, to, to wake up. Uh, Jaron, any comments there? Yeah, I was uh, just watching last night, not watching too much, a few minutes of the uh, Ice Cube and Tucker Carlson interview. Yep. And mm. He was talking about, you know, Ice Cube's been around, going all around now, right? He was saying all the places he wasn't allowed into. And he said, it's because I'm an independent thinker and I'm not, you know, uh, 
following the herd. It was really funny because I was yeah. seeing what we were talking about today and watching that. And um, anyways, he was saying that, uh, you know, it's much easier or they were saying it's much easier to be thought for you to have someone else think for you. And it just really go along is. with it. I can tell it you is. that from personal experience. Yeah. yeah. Rather than critically think or especially objectively think even in your own life. Like we're, we're critically thinking of what's going on in the world, but even for our evolution and our ascension, all us individual human beings that are in the path of light the best we can need to see things objectively in our life as well, because it's easier to just go with it. Just go with what's happening, go with what's normal. And, you know, it's a special time. I believe that many of us are, are kind of pre-wired or coded to wake up and be pressed to evolve. And like Greg said, move through comfort zones. We're pressed to evolve. And then some are just not, some people are just, that's their soul's path. That's what they're choosing. And they're going into that reality that will exist, that will happen. It already is that parallel reality. And then there's those that are in the middle, those that are having that choice. And I think what our services are serving those who are choosing and are right on that, which way am I going to go? And that's the role they're playing in the movie. Right. They're here to see if they can wake up and choose this way instead of that way, you know, but it's, I think it's much less of a percentage of people than most of us want to think. You mean those that are in the middle or those that are on which side is less a percentage? Our, the side that's kind of encoded to awaken. Mm-hmm. Like there, it's, it's not many, um, but there is a large middle group in my view, personal group view. There's right, a large middle right. group. They got a choice. I see it like the psychopaths <laughs> on one end, which is a small percentage, and the um, people that, like you said, are coded to awaken, and then we're all after those in the middle. Because if the middle people can break from the abusive relationship, the psychopaths and the controlling and the lies and the mind control won't work. And at the same time, the herd is used to demonize those that are trying to point out what's going on, mm-hmm. just like we witnessed during the COVID, where you become the enemy if you try to point out the lies that are happening. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting... It's yeah. also weird though too like why did it have to be like this we clearly have the brain power to not be in this situation yet because like you said it's like there's this middle ground which way will they go some people will never wake up and that's their choice and then we got the psychopaths that can win every time because they can get that middle ground to go against those that are trying to wake them up and they can easily also be controlled yeah it's quite the system it's the system going on right now but i i i feel the momentum happening and, and I'm too. hoping that we're shifting and, too, and you know, it, I, I really don't want this to be all for naught, right? I, I feel like I have a mission here and that mm-hmm. we have a mission here and that this isn't an easy mission, what we're doing right now, putting ourselves out in public, saying the yeah. things, getting deleted off of YouTube and, and banned off of Facebook or whatever places. It's not an easy mission, but we, we feel like we are on a mission to do this and, and it's, it's, feels rewarding in that way yeah. so i'm hoping that it's all for naught <laughs> well said i don't and even if it, it's out of our hands anyways right yeah. i don't feel like i'm to play god or any of us are we yeah. just do our small part we yep. do what we feel is right and then we'll play a part in whatever the heck the Happens bigger consciousness or god or whatever you want to call it i think yeah. it's it's got it worked out and all we got to kind of do is just play our roles man yep. because in scientology i was trying to save everybody mm. we're not trying to save anybody nowadays man you just try yeah. to 
be yourself yep. and follow, you know, be, and then may, hopefully you're an example and then it rubs off on other people, but I'm certainly not trying to freaking save the world. Like I was in Scientology. <laughs> right. Beautifully said. Yeah. Lesson learned. <laughs> Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Greg, Lesson before learned. your segment, I just yeah. want to say, no, it is not shit. The sound is not shit. It's chit. C A I T. That is your mother's. <laughs> C-A-T. It didn't sound like. I got it. It sounded like shit. Not shit. It sounded like shit. Yeah, Definitely. Shit. Shit. Shit, shit. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Which, whatever you feel in the moment. <laughs> hey, G- listen. G- shit. Both, yeah. both those words will get rid of the thoughts in your mind. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, shit's just as apropos too, right? I mean, yes. Because it's all shit. Get out of here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's get to the Greg Schumacher experience and we'll come back with some more Doug. All right. Here we go. There are many ways that we find ourselves in situations that we don't even know how we got in. Through brainwashing, through cults, through many different ways of narcissist people in our lives, we end up getting trapped. We end up with hope that we feel fulfilled by what we're doing with this person or the organization. But in the end, we realize that we're, we're kind of trapped in something we don't want to be in. I thought that there's a lot of films out there, horror films, many different types of films that I really enjoyed that hit on this subject. But The Circle from 2017 was a really good one. And uh, it was based on the, uh, off the novel by Dave Eggers, uh, The Circle, <clears throat> that was written in 2013. But this film, uh, was really interesting and it kind of based itself roughly around Google or Apple or those type of companies where you would go in and you would be very excited to work for something like that but later on you realize that hmm maybe things aren't as good as they seem so let's take a look here at the circle how would you describe what the circle is to say your grandmother it's the chaos of the web made Elegant. Speed round, Paul or John? Early Paul, late John. Mario or Sonic? Early Sonic, late Mario. Needs of the society or needs of the individual? Should be the same. You're most scared of? Unfulfilled potential. I am a believer in the perfectibility of human beings. When we are our best selves, the possibilities are endless. The circle. There isn't a problem that we cannot solve. We can cure any disease and we can end hunger without secrets, without the hoarding of knowledge and information. We can finally realize our potential. Circlers, do you like to share? We will see it all. If it happens, we'll know. Imagine the human rights implications. There needs to be accountability. What is this? The circle has the power to change everything. It's only our lives that get us in trouble. Things we hide. We care about everybody you care about. Because knowing is good. But knowing everything is better. studying and watching documentaries and many other things 
based on cultish-like things, based on these type of places, because it's very interesting to like the psychology of it. And also to kind of train yourself not to get caught into things like this at all. When we are talking about, you know, bringing ourselves into trusting situations, we have to be very careful not to put ourselves too trusting in a situation where it becomes a problem. In this film here, I really enjoyed how it set itself up. It showed how Emma Watts was, you know, getting herself involved in something that was seemed very cool and very awesome, like something that was going to be very rewarding to the world. And she was going to bring something to the world that was going to be like groundbreaking. And she thought she was just going to be so amazing. And this is what a lot of these corporations and a lot of these cult-like things make you feel and think. And once they got you in that mindset and that mode, they're able to further drive you down into areas you're not very comfortable with. Just based out of, you wanna do the right thing, right? You wanna save the world, you wanna be this person. So they've got you hooked on this, 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 right, this certain thing. So in this, we see that, you know, she's really into these ideas. She's really trying hard. And then all of a sudden she's starting to realize that, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right anymore. This doesn't feel right. Violating privacy and doing all of these different things, it just didn't feel right. And the more she didn't feel right with it, the more she would maybe say something to somebody, but they would steer her back into feeling okay again. But then it would come creeping back again, right? It's listening to that internal voice. It's listening to that intuition that's telling you something. It's telling you there's something not quite right here and I can't fathom to be in this situation any longer. Well, when you're in these situations, and unfortunately when you realize that you are in a trap, that's just the thing, it's a trap. So when you try to get out, when you try to escape, they already know that you may try this and they're already prepared for this. So that's the hardest part as well, is that when you're in these situations, how do you get back out? How do you get out of these situations? As many of your friends and family may be involved in these situations. Maybe you're trying to be the, the, the rescuer of other people in that. So it's also going to hinder your ability to get out. So there's all of these factors to trying to get out of this situation. As we see in this, Emma is able to outsmart them and call them out on stage and a whole thing happened. Now, is that very realistic? Probably not. You're probably not going to be the single person that's going to break down the entire corporation. But it wanted a happy ending in this. For a lot of people who get out of these situations, it's not quite a happy ending. It's good that they're out, but there's a lot of healing to do, right? A lot of that kind of stuff. But this teaches us a lot of things about making decisions in our lives, relationships, friendships, business partners. That's why it's so important to learn these type of things and learn the psychology behind it because it really does help propel us forward in feeling more intelligent, more wise, and more cautious in our decisions. Now, it's nice to go into your passions. It's nice to jump forward and have big ideas and big things, but we still have to have caution in the wind, right? We can't just throw it out there. We have to be a little cautious. 
Now, when I've studied some of these cults, some of these uh, documentaries that are on these type of things, um, the things they say in the books in the beginning, they're amazing philosophies. They are stuff that we may teach on this Rise TV show. They're amazing things that help hook people in, right? So they're going to tell you some amazing things about yourself, about human potential, about becoming superhuman, about, you know, amazing technologies that we own, all those type of things, right? Ancient secrets that no one knows. Like all of these things could be real and there could be some of that mixed in, but <clears throat> they have a hook at the end, right? That's going to hook you in and not be able to escape the system once they've got you. So it's very interesting, right? Because oh, there's a lot of good in it. And, you know, we talk a lot of, to talk to a lot of people about some of the, the things they've learned in these, these type of situations. They're like, yeah, I, I got taught a lot of really awesome things. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of a mixture of a lot of, a lot of what goes on there and the psychology of it, right? Because it sounds really good. Sounds too good to be true sometimes, right? You have to be a little cautious about too good to be true. However, if we are being our own inter in, inner self, right? And we are, we are very confident in who we are and we're living life from the inside in, <clears throat> inside out, I'm sorry. We are able to make some great decisions because we bring it through the processing system, right? But if you're a child who was already hooked into these situations, Right, you, you you didn't have those skills when you were a child, and so you were indoctrinated right in, and uh, it's a very hard escape at that point. I just thought this was a really fun subject, a really cool thing to to, to talk about, and you know, go check out the Circle and many other movies out there that are very closely based on cults and the way they hook you in, and you might be able to learn a thing or two about watching the language of things and how they do things and privacy, right? They have a lot of private things and a lot of steps you got to take to learn the, the ultimate, you know, uh, knowledge that nobody else on earth may know, but really interesting stuff here. All right, everybody. That was Rise Studio G bringing you the Greg Schumacher experience. All right, we are back. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, you know, those kind of movies, I'm sure, are tough to watch for you, Doug, sometimes. Or maybe they're fun for you. I don't know. Uh, no, man. I Like I said, I went through all the triggering and all that yeah. shit uh, a while ago. So nothing really gets to me too much nowadays. Well, that's good that you've you've made your way through it, you know, and, and now you're able to, at least you're healed up enough to, to be able to see that kind of stuff and say, wow, that was pretty interesting what they put in that movie. And that yes. was used in Scientology or whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah, so a lot of that movie had to do with um, first the the initial uh, journey when she arrives to the campus and how nice everybody is and how everybody wants her to fit in and, and giving her all of these gifts and everything else, right, to, to, to hook them in. And then what happens is they start putting pressure on her to do certain things and if she doesn't do it, well, you're, you're hurting your family. We're family. What are you doing to us? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, you're not acting on the greatest good. You're not getting your shot to protect me. It's exactly like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a, 
there's a lot of movies that in Hollywood that I I like I like to watch too, you know, because they they kind of um explore these areas and stuff. None of it, you know, I also like to um my man, it was so bad leaving Scientology that I just learned to lean into my pain, you know, and going into dark areas. I find that stuff fascinating anyways, and I've learned a hell of a lot more by going into things that I like when somebody for me, like I, I, even when I was in Scientology, I didn't know I was in a mind control prison. But nonetheless, if someone tells me I shouldn't look at something or that's off limits or that's scary, I have always had a natural inclination to go into that because yeah. that's where the real juice and the truth and, and stuff lies. I don't want to turn away from anything. So, yeah, n- none of the people ask me all the time too, my man, like, oh, sorry, I don't you know, they think they know I'm an ex cult member. Like, I don't want to trigger you this. And that. It's like, man, I've been through so much shit. Nothing could freaking trigger me <laughs> at this point. I died a long time ago, yeah. as I said, as I said, to, to at least this world and, and all the. I just like to learn more and, and the dark side, you can learn a hell of a lot more than mm. closing your eyes. Well, I, I love the terminology of leaning into it, right? Leaning into your fear, leaning into, you know, whatever it usually is. You're able to defeat it in that, in that sense, because you're not running away from it. You're leaning into it and you're saying, okay, we're going to take you on for a little bit and we're going to see if we can get through this. And usually you can. And I, and I love yes. that attitude of leaning into it because most people do not lean into their fears the, or, or their they challenges. They don't know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing though. <laughs> like I tell people like, yeah. You can handle it. it you know it's the yeah. fear is never as bad as you think it is it only has the power when you don't actually explore it and then when you do you often find out it's not what you thought it was plus you learn something and you you lessen and lessen and lessen your fear because what are we talking about earlier man they whether it's hubbard or the global controllers they absolutely play on fear that's mm-hmm. what the whole oh, yeah. covid shit was about yes. man yes. about be afraid you're all going to die the climate scam we're all going to die you know what i mean so once you can see beyond those lies by going into your fears, there's nothing to fear. Reality's friendly. It's not, it only seemed to, it's made unfriendly by the programming. But beyond that, solutions galore, man. That's what exists. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I could see what the world could be like growing up in a microcosm of the macrocosm. So there's a lot of hope, but um, just a frequency away, man, a thought away lies all the solutions but if you're in the program and you're afraid of everything there's no solutions and it just goes because you're in this this boundary but beyond that there i don't think there's anything to fear including death man because i'm not even sure that there actually is death um again i won't know until i get there but i had a lot of my fears removed simply by um confronting them uh, about how scary scientology in the world at large can seem to be but beyond that it's all just bullshit it's all just made to make you fear when there's nothing to fear, actually. That sounds like such a cliche, but I believe in that. I believe in that, though. It's almost like the Wizard of Oz movie, right? Where exactly you look behind like the that. curtain and you're like, oh, it's only this guy who's yeah. controlling all this shit? Exactly that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So you start looking into things and you can really uncover a lot a lot less scary things that are going on than you think exactly. there are. You're a little blurry exactly. there, Victoria. Again? Yeah. I didn't even move. It no. looks cool though. I kind of <laughs> like that look. It's it's called the glass. Uh, the glass. I focused and then That's I wasn't. Cool. Yeah, oh my the, gosh. The glass so effect. Annoying. If you're into yes. editing, it glasses over. Um, yeah. So, uh, Jaron, what's your thoughts about leaning into fear and uh, getting over challenges? Oh, <laughs> I like that. I mean, fight or flight is what keeps the program running. So when we look at the cosmic golden path and we're looking at the I Ching right? The 64 hexagrams. We're experiencing all these different types of 
perspectives and archetypes and thoughts and, and whatever else. And what keeps us back is fight or flight. Yeah. And so when we move into the higher frequency of those experiences or of the genes themselves, we move into embracing Again. whatever <laughs> it is without fight or flight. You know, but you're embracing it. So it's kind of like leaning into it, right? You're accepting, you're at one with it, and you're transforming something from the inside out. And you're recognizing, you know, I could go on and on, but um, absolutely. I just don't think it's fear only. It's also, remember, the guilt aspect, everyone. And for those that are encoded or those that are here in this direct path of unknown, also remember not that the Aquarian age is about moving into living in your image as who you are individually, as opposed to what we're coming from of the dark side of the, of the Piscean age, which is to save and to feel responsible for and want to sacrifice for. So we all kind of carry that a little bit in the collective genome of wanting to sacrifice, wanting to save or feeling guilty for moving forward, feeling mm. guilty yeah. for being, you know, and feeling responsible for, I'm going to carry everyone else. That's why I'm here. I'm here to bring them, bring them, bring them. And that's not it. That's the old way. It's not it anymore. It's I go forward in my light. And then those see that light and are affected by that light or attracted to me in resonance. And then we move together or they have something to see. But if you dim your light due to feeling guilty you're not living the full, or we are not living the fullest potential of what this new age, this golden age wants us to do. It supports us in being individual and being willing to do so despite the fear, the doubt, and the guilt, which is an imaginatory collective ego spell. There is no such thing as guilt in the cosmos. There is blame, and then it's transformed, and it's moved beyond. Everybody's innocent. There is no guilty forever kind of thing here and just like there is as you said too life itself is there death not really is there and we'll know when we no. get there anyways man I, I mean i spent most of my life trying to contemplate that i always felt that was consciousness or a spirit whatever you want to call it anyways even before during and after scientology but i just don't have this obsession to know about it and i don't know i've always felt the continuity in life ever since i popped out of the womb uh i was always kind of it's so weird winding up in a cult, my friend, because like, unless my parents indoctrinated me into it, I am very individualistic, uh, just as my nature. So even my mates in school would, re would repeat the latest thing they saw on television while I was playing with a stick out in the yard, you know, in my imagination. So I can never even relate to how often, how much people basically sounded the same, even in junior high and, and, and stuff, how they just re would repeat things from the television and this and that. Even I've never kind of been tracking anyways with just my surroundings. So the cult actually was like, at least they had new ideas. You know, L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> talked about ideas that are very similar to what we're talking about here. So I've, I've been accused of my friends saying, oh, you sound like a Scientologist still, you didn't deprogram, not realizing that it's, to it's totally different. Um, just because he latched on the, uh, these ideas that might be true, such as we're consciousness or, or whatever and all the spiritual ideas, there was encoded a, a mind control prison and a trap within it. But it doesn't mean that I threw the baby out with the bathwater. I've always felt a continuity in life. And whether it's true or not, it's good enough for me. And, um, you know, the biggest fear is fear of death, right? So if you don't fear that, there's really nothing that can be done to you because uh, life goes on, right? 
And if, if we don't, then we will just go into blankness and we won't worry about it anyways. But I don't feel like I'm a born sinner, like the Christian religion, you know, like you said, that thing about guilt. Yeah. I mean, how many of the religions play on guilt? You know, you, a dude that I never met died for my sins and now I have to live the rest of my life, like bowing to him. And it's just none of it, none of that ever made any sense. Yeah. And that guilt thing you say is so true because I felt really guilty I couldn't explain to my parents. I'm like, one day they'll get it when they're in the beyond or whatever, but I can't waste my life trying to explain why I made the choices that broke their heart. And that was constantly playing on me and was rubber banding me back to them and the cult until I finally decided they're not going to understand this. I don't have to waste my time explaining it. And I don't have to freaking feel guilty for doing what I know to be right inside. This is between me and my inner self, me mm. and God or whatever people want to call it. And I, you know, the human ties kind of, can pull you into a lot of guilt. Like that's a really good point you made, man. That's hard to get over. Oh, I love that, uh, Doug. That, that's a clip right there. I already know in my head. I'm going to make a clip <laughs> of that guilt one because that's that's good stuff. Because a lot of people well, feel I just it. Off him. <clears throat> I, yeah, but I mean, a lot of people feel it's it. Beautiful. It's 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 indoctrinated in religion for sure. Oh yeah. And what it does is it keeps you in the past and it keeps you from growing. Right. It, yes. it just keeps yes. you where you need to be in guilt. Right. Don't go anywheres. You should feel guilty for this, for this, for this. And it's it's a terrible thing for people to go through life and always feel that constant, it's a chronic disease, guilt, right? That sticks with you and stays in you and just rots you, right? That's just what it does. Yeah, but at least if you go to church on Sunday, you're forgiven and you can start all over again. So. <laughs> if yeah. only it was that easy, right? I mean, I would probably sign up for that forgiven too. Forgiven of your sins. Like, way more um, to it than that. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing, my friends. Like, the, the second comment that I hear the most is, uh, besides what a bunch of idiots, I'd never fall for Scientology. Meanwhile, they follow their favorite political leader. They went through the indoctrination system called education, et cetera. Like, yeah. they don't realize like all of us. that they could actually yeah. learn something. We all yeah. do, man. Yeah. Nobody's like born the Buddha and shit and isn't going to go through this some degree of programming. Mm -hmm. So we all have to work on that, right? And this, But the second thing that I hear the most besides Doug's an idiot and, and all these guys are idiots <laughs> for being in Scientology is... Um, Shit, man, I knew I was going to forget it. What did you just say, my man? You, you made a really good point that was like the number two thing that I've heard the most. Oh, I hear most from Christians. Yes. I'm not bagging on any people's religion, but they say that's great that Doug left Scientology. When's he going to find Jesus? I, <laughs> like, I want to go back. and the, It's lost on these people, man, that, that um, you know, we have to, Jesus died for our sins and we have to feel guilty. That's a, made up by a narcissist. That's what a narcissist would say, man. It's like, we're not, I don't think we're born in any kind of guilt. Like you said, maybe we have past life karma and shit we have to work out, but that's between us. We don't have to go feel guilty to some deity that we've never met to just add to more and more guilt. It's such a good point you made about that because I felt that tremendously and it's it's it doesn't bother me anymore. But the comment when Christians come on and they leave comments saying, you know, you need to find Jesus and you need to repent and all this shit. It's so ludicrous. And it, yeah. it's lost on them that what I'm describing with Scientology is a version of what they're stuck in. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I think Different that forms. I think that Different names. any kind of spirituality, exactly. any kind of religion, you can get lost in it and you can become a cult member of it. Or you can use some things out of it. I like to refer to Bruce Lee as Jeet Kwondo. Do. You take <laughs> from all over the place, you take what you want, exactly. works for you, and you make your own, right? You don't and get absorbed exactly. in it. That's what yeah. I did. You take from everything and you don't yeah. pitch your tent on any one particular belief system. Because right. there's a lot of wisdom in the Bible and all these, these, mm -hmm. these 
wisdom traditions and religions in general, they're not just all talking out of their ass, but like you said, you don't have to become a fanatic or a devotee or a literalist. The best thing is to choose from everywhere. Why do you have to close your mind on any one belief system when you could grab from everything and make up your own ideology in your head, you know? Yeah, I think that's the moment you realize that you're not as free as you thought when you are exactly. trying to convince somebody of what you think is the truth and you have right. to go down this path like yeah that you're getting a little you're getting Col a little culty. in the deep weeds culty. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. exactly i had pointed that out with the truthers right so they got too deep the truth community way all those too, things yes they all get way too deep yeah. and they don't know their way back out right they're just too deep into it and um i think a lot of people that get really big on youtube or any other place they get so um they're so typecast into what they're doing they can't move away from it they can't right. even yeah. go on other ideas because everybody's depending on them to give them that same narrative every time so let's say you're a flat earth person and that's all you talk about ever and then you have a you have a couple ideas that are away from that and you want to talk about it on your channel and everybody hates you because you're yeah. not in 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 their religion right. so to speak you know that's not what you talk about how dare you See, right. it's, it's a weird, fun, it's a funny thing, a funny world, the, funny how the mind works and it how is. It is. we love comfort, right? So we want the same thing out of the same person. And it's the same with friends. If you start changing, they don't like you for changing. They're going to scold exactly. you. Like, That's who is this new friends. person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me you can either, what do you want? Do you want, want the truth or do you want friends? Because the two are not compatible. <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to keep changing your beliefs and your perceptions if you're really on the journey, right? You're not going to pitch your tent anywhere. There's so much to... Socrates says wisdom is knowing how little you know, right? So yeah. you, you're always going to need to, to, to change your goalposts and keep moving beyond if you're really serious about it. Absolutely. But like you said, it's so... I speak from personal experience. It was really comforting being in a mind control prison. It felt ecstatic. It actually felt amazing. So having to grow up and stop being a child by you know being codependent on my family my cult leader that really made me grow the fuck up and it was it, it hurt and it was horrible but it was really good because there's so many viewpoints and options and truth just waiting there but it's much easier just to remain complacent you know that's why i said i felt like i'm lucky i got booted out it wasn't even my own choice it was a gift and because i could have easily remained in scientology for the rest of my life and the thought of that is terrifies me man yeah. Wow. Great stuff. We're going to get to the sunshine news and then we're going to close out with you, Doug. So awesome. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Really All right. Cool. Here comes Victoria from the sunshine <laughs> Make news. Short and sweet, guys. <laughs> Everybody, here comes Victoria and the Sunshine News. We are on behind the scenes on TikTok here live, so they were seeing me dance a little bit. <laughs> All right. They didn't see Jaren doing his little dance. Oh though. no, they didn't see that. I had to turn the screen for that. All right, on to you, Victoria. All right, Sunday, fun day, August six. We are in August. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Where does summer go? All right, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. If you did not know. <clears throat> which you probably did. We just had a full moon. 
on the 1st of August, did you feel it? Did you see any changes around you? Were people acting crazy before, during, or after? I always love, love to uh, hear those tiny stories, but the supermoon will be even closer on the night of August 30th. Yep, you heard that right. We have a moon on August 1st and a moon in August uh, 30th. So two moons in one month. Nice. And it will be a rare blue moon, which refers to when there are two full moons in a single month. Very cool. And it's supposed to be the biggest supermoon of the year. We are in our 218th day of the year. There's only 147 days left. Once August hits, it flies because the holidays start. And then the next thing you know, it's New Year's. 32nd Sunday, 32nd week, 47th day of the summer, which means we only have 48 days left till fall. We are split dead in the middle, guys. Birthstone of the month is Peridot. Babe, you're texting. Peridot. Oh, it's right there. Oh, that's the one. I didn't know what that was a peridot. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> He's back here texting, not paying attention at all. Um, <laughs> peridot is obviously green, beautiful color. Um, so if you were born in the month of August, that is your I've never heard of a peridot. Stone. Really? No, never. There you go. This is the first well, time. Look at what I learn on the Sunshine Learn something news. new every day. That is your birthstone for the month of August. Nice. National Calendar Day. We got a few going on today. We have National Wiggle Your Toes Day. Take your socks off. Get in the sand, which we were yesterday, um, and wiggle your toes. It's a chance to show off those beautiful digits. If you got a manicure, pedicure, whatever, petty is for mm. feet, sorry. Uh, and the day encourages giving our feet and our toes a little extra attention. So go soak them and give them some love today. Wow. National Root Beer Float Day. Are we going to go get one, babe? Uh, maybe. I haven't we had we one didn't in years. Go get, was it last weekend or the weekend before? It was National Vanilla Ice Cream Day, and we didn't go get vanilla ice cream. So we kind of yeah, slacked We're on failing that, on these beer, national days. <laughs> national Root Beer Float Day, guys. So go enjoy one of those. National oh, yeah. Real good for you. Shut up, Jaren. <laughs> some soda. Some soda mixed uh, You can get cow's oh, yeah. milk ice cream, you know, the raw kind. Just, it's called dog ice it. cream. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, it. moving on from Jaren. <laughs> it is National Fresh Breath Day. So make sure you brush your teeth and have some fresh breath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the day urges appreciation of our oral hygiene and its importance. Dentists and oral care professionals applaud the day dedicated to fighting a bad breath. American Family Day, guys. If you have your family, which I have Greg today, but not my ch our children, um, go enjoy your day with your family. National, I don't even want to say this one, Sister's Day. <laughs> go cherish. I just swallow hard before that. <laughs> go cherish and love your sisters if they exist <laughs> oh. in your world. Well, uh, Victoria, we're going to have to visit your sister today. <laughs> national Friendship Day. Well, last week was National, or not National, International Friendship Day. Today is national. So you got to say and give your love to your international friends last week, and this week is more nationwide in the United States. So go say hi and enjoy your friends, whether over the internet or in person. Today in history... 32 years ago today, can you believe it's been that long? Uh, in 1989, Tim, Tim Bernard-Lee released the documents describing his intervention called the World Wide Web. Wow. The English computer scientist designed and built the first web browser to access new information management system. 
His hypertext transfer, transfer protocol, HTTP, which is in front of most web addresses, mm -hmm. uh, would be used for contacting informational servers anywhere in the world. The first of which was the CERN HTTP, HTTPD. Uh, he worked in CERN at the time, and his manager called his proposals vague, but exciting. Uh, later knighted by the queen, Berners-Lee's is currently the director of the World Wide Web Consortium, uh, which oversees the continued development of the web. And this was officially um, a thing as of 1991, which I was in first grade at the time. Crazy. I remember AOL dial-up. Yeah. Boy, that was yes. fun. <laughs> I can probably <laughs> sing the tune of that noise in my head. Oh, my gosh. We hear it and we all dread it like, oh, no, we automatically know what that noise is. Jaren, I remember looking up naked ladies <laughs> online of with AOL dial-up and waiting five minutes for the for pixels. one image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost see, almost. <laughs> this poor kid. This poor kid. Better than magazines, right? Oh, the, I heard you stole kid, those magazines these from kids your dad's have no house idea. and brought them to school, these right? These kids have no idea. They have it so easy. All right, inspiring moments. We love these lately, right? Love this analogy. So you're holding a cup of coffee, which I do most mornings, when someone comes along and bumps into you and shakes your arm. What happens? Makes your coffee spill everywhere. Why did you spill your coffee? Uh, because somebody bumped into me, duh. Wrong answer. You spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. Whatever is in the cup is what you spill out. Therefore, when life comes around or along and shakes you, which will happen often, whatever is inside you will come out. It's easy to fake oh. it until you get rattled. So we have to ask ourselves, what's in my cup? When life gets tough, what spills over? Joy, gratitude, peace, humility, anger, bitterness, victim mentality and quitting tendencies life provides the cup you choose how to fill it today let's work towards filling our cups with gratitude forgiveness joy words of affirmation resilience positivity and kindness gentleness and much love for others great stuff there love it and then of course when you're right, ready for these Jaron mentioned it, and I had to share I know, it. But it's just, it's, I got to get it cropped in here quick. I know. I normally send the video, but my phone is tied up, so I couldn't really just send it's tied the video up. for you to download. So you have to use a link. I'm sorry. You tied up your phone? I tied up my phone on TikTok That's kind of kinky, isn't maybe. it? Uh, maybe. I guess it depends on the way you look at it. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I think I got it almost done. All right, here we go. Ready? Funny animals. All right, guys, get ready to laugh. Let me uh, turn up the volume just a hair. Yes, please. And you'll notice that most of these dogs are Aussies. Yes. Are you kidding me? <gasps> Oof. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's an Aussie. That's an Aussie. Uh huh. Aussies love they water. They love water. Love water. There's another. That's a baby. 
It's like, what happened? It's like, that's cold. I was going to lay right there. Oh, that, our Aussie does that, too. Yeah. yeah. Dumps out the water. Like, it's slippery. The chair's slippery. <laughs> that's what it sounds like when people complain to me. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> wow. All right. Very good. In Funny three stop. words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. And that is your Sunshine News. It goes on. All right. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> Doug, I hope you enjoyed your stay at Rise TV. <laughs> oh, so much I did. Thank you so much. And that animal clip was the perfect way to end it. That was so funny. Oh, oh yeah. I she, try. I try. She loves throwing those up there. And it, it's, you know, it, it raises your, your, your vibrations. You feel good. And, you know, it's just good for you. Laughing is so. the key to all medicine. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, any animals for you, Doug? No, I don't. Just because I live in a small apartment, but oh. I do live vicariously through the dogs that are in the complex. I'm a huge, huge <laughs> dog lover. Yeah. Um, I must have been one in a past life. And you know, if you, <laughs> if we could all be have the loving that that dogs and animals yeah. in general have, this would be a really yeah. different world. Wouldn't oh, it? absolutely. I mean, yeah. Unconditional love they have, isn't yeah, it? They oh, really gosh, do. Yeah. yeah, they really do. Fantastic. We have two dogs now. We we had oh, one, but nice. now we have two. And uh, yeah, it's it's just so much fun. They just keep it keep it just. They keep it real. And Entertained. They keep it funny. And, funny. Yeah. They're yeah. so yeah. funny. Yeah. Yep. So great stuff. And uh, yeah, we're so, so we're really happy to have met you and, and uh, yes. to connected with yeah, you and, and saw your story. And uh, it's amazing what you're doing out there. Um, people go out, go out and check his YouTube channel out, which is youtube.com slash at DBNC, which means days, but not confused. And um, you also have a, a Instagram channel, which is uh, your, your full name there, Doug Scott Kramer. And uh Great stuff there. Uh, any uh, final words for people out there that have been listening and, and, and about cults and all that kind of stuff? Any final words for them, Doug? First of all, I really wanted to say thank you for having me on because discussions like this with you fine people is kind of the best we can do. And it's just it's really, I really had a good time hanging out with you guys and I appreciate the invite. I mean, I'm no guru. I just, you know, I, I don't know any, what to tell anybody. I can only speak from my personal experience, but waking up, whatever that means to people, like, let's say there were some people listening and they had some of their belief systems challenged or whatever, not necessarily with your audience, but let's just say somebody heard this where they didn't like the stuff, for example, that we talked about, about the COVID or these people are talking nonsense. I would just say, um, you know, question your beliefs, question you what you believe, because when you do that, if my life is anything to go by, a whole new world opens up and life can actually be a joy. You know, the second half of my life, in the last few years onward has been a really happy and it's I've never felt happy before I never knew what the heck that emotion meant growing up in such a controlled environment mm -hmm. but on the other side of that you know if I could go back and do it over again I would have just started as my original self because 
Um, on the other side of questioning your beliefs or your boundaries lies uh, an incredible world, man, where it, we could we could change the world into something that I think would be beyond people's imagination uh, by simply doing that one thing, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Great stuff, Doug. And uh, we really appreciate you as a human being. And, and if I Thanks, if man. I live near you, I'd go for a beer. I'd go with a beer for you all every you week. As well. you, you guys are in New York, right? Are you yes. all in New York? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Jaren well, is in Florida. We'll Jaren's in Florida. Nice, yep. nice. We're kind of making a triangle nice. across the country right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. California, Florida, and New York. And and you guys, Jared, you didn't um, get locked down too much, right? Didn't you have a pretty good uh, governor yeah. kind of running the show that allowed you to be somewhat free? At that time, yeah, we moved down. At that and, time. I moved down in June of 2020, so I had some in New York prior. And oh, then drove through all the states with all the limitations and got to Florida, and everyone was just in restaurants eating and no masks and having a good time. We, we did have so it for jealous. a few months, for a few months, the mask thing, but mm-hmm. not too much. Just kind of, uh, kind of escaped it in a different world. But right now where I am is actually down in Puerto Rico on a trip. Oh, really? And uh, they really had a lot of limitations down here beyond New York and California, for sure. Wow. They really went through a lot. You had to wear a mask outside all the time in the heat. Down so here. did we. At we the had beach, to too. In LA. For, yeah, at the for beach, a long certain- time. There were surfers yeah. uh, that had the mask. Jesus getting, Christ. When, when, this, when this shit was really kicking <laughs> off, the police would go out in their boats and grab the surfers off because oh they, they were going to be spreading the coronavirus in the oceans and shit out here. Oh it's just God. the Stop Well, you guys it. saw, you guys were watching the news and stuff oh in New God. Zealand and Canada and all the crazy Australia, you know, I mean, it wasn't just New York and uh, California. They were doing all sorts of, you know, they were beating people down that wouldn't wear their mask. I mean, yeah. it was just so crazy what yeah. they were doing to people to enforce this shit oh. when it was in, in its heyday. Yeah. If, wow. if, if the, if you are a person who lives in this society and doesn't think we're a little cultish, take another look because there is <laughs> right. some weird stuff going on yeah. in this world. And there you go. That's the closing to, line to, right there. To look at a police officer going out to a surfer who's out on his paddleboard in the middle of the ocean and saying, you need a mask on is oh just insane. I swear to God, dude, I watched it on TV and a thousand other incidents just as crazy here in California. We, uh, a quick, Can't make this shit up. a quick story. We, we still, we love live music. We love going out. And so during COVID it was very hard, but we went out mm-hmm. to a place that was outdoors. <laughs> you had to sit in your seat at your table with your mask on. You couldn't move. And if you were to get you up, you couldn't get up and dance. If you got up out of your seat and even danced next to your seat, you were in big trouble. So Victoria had a little bit to drink and her and her friend, and no. they went to the bathroom and they came back. And on their way back, Victoria came to the table. She pushes me and she goes, "I'm going up to dance in front of them. I don't care anymore." And she started marching up there. <laughs> they immediately grabbed her, but she had had enough. <laughs> She's like, "Enough yeah. of this." It's just insanity. We just wanted to have fun. It was just unbelievable. Why can't I dance? That's why I'm here. Yep. Yep. And also, you remember remember how we'd have to put our masks on going into a restaurant? Yes, mm-hmm. but you take can sit down and take it off. And then put them back on. The whole, like, the, we had three years to suss this. The fact that anybody hasn't figured it out by now with all the contradictions <laughs> and ridiculous, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know I what know. other people were watching during all this. Phew. The idea that a germ, when you're sitting, can't travel. But when you're right. standing, Ken, is just unbelievably <laughs> stupid. It's just, you just can't even, 
unbelievable so, uh, like i said unless we witnessed it and saw it it's a great time to be alive yeah. you wouldn't freaking believe it nope you yeah. wouldn't freaking believe it never saw this coming absolutely day in my not life. all right uh, victoria any final yes. words for scott and our audience or oh doug in our audience here <laughs> yeah i know you said part of it yeah doug scott kramer um no, thank you so much for being here. I love your story. Thank you for sharing it uh, with us. The only way to get this stuff out there is by sharing. And um, everybody else, thanks for tuning in and engaging. Always remember to stay curious, informed, and continue exploring the vast world of knowledge that we have out there um, and the entertainment available uh, to help awaken you. Thank you again for listening and... Have a great week. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Victoria. And uh, any final words, Jared? I didn't give you a chance to say final words. See you Wednesday night. School of Ohm. Yes. Ah, yes. yes. Everyone. School of we'll see you Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern for School of Ohm. And follow your feelings of the light. That's the answer. In the moment. Sovereignty. Feel the light. Yep. Yes. Complete sovereignty of self, you know, and be, and be the best you can be. Uh, Doug, uh, any plans on writing a book in the future? Anything like that? People have asked that, and maybe it'll come out organically as I continue on. I wanted yeah. to finish the series that I'm working on, and I do like the YouTube thing. I'm sure I'll be joining you guys over here on Rumble uh, in due time, you know, as I get it <laughs> yes. off there for like the third or fourth time or whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. But um, I'm sure, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know if I'm yeah. going to write a book or not. Well, it, it, it's always an idea that's out there. You know, you could always, you know, write a book or whatever. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I love media, and I love doing this stuff. And I've told Jaron that I at some point I'd – in the future, I'd love to do a enlightened media movies and TV shows where, you know, it's total freedom to put out great messages like this. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I know that you've been in the business and you're an actor, so we never know. We may hook up one day to do that kind of thing. Hey, let me know about that stuff. Cause yeah. I've been thinking about that too. You know, we don't have to always work within the constraints of Hollywood and stuff. And maybe we, you know, there's a way as the system breaks down to combine our efforts to make the kind of, um, movies and stuff that could go way, way beyond, uh, the uh, controlled Hollywood system mm -hmm. and shit. I'm sure that's coming anyway. So we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. And that's always in the back burner of my mind. Sounds great, Perfect. man. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Rise TV. We are live every Sunday. And uh, we are also live every Wednesday for the School of Ohm. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Go check out Doug and all he's doing there over on YouTube and Instagram. And uh, hey, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us.